Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 157, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this perfectly normal Wednesday with absolutely nothing weird going on yeah, at all. Yeah, nothing. It's pretty much a normal, normal Wednesday, like it's any other Wednesday. Just another Wednesday in November. Yep. Just... Yep. Yep. If you have never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. This is a family-friendly show in both language and content. Uh, we do drink alcohol on the show, so be aware of that. But uh, again, we keep everything friendly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, if you are drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we will give some early show shout outs as we go along. And if you want to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, mm -hmm. uh, consider joining the Patreon or float plane. Links are down in the video description. Minimum donation of $1 uh, gets you access to the exclusive Discord server. You can chat with myself, John, Steve, Rhett, all the toast, host, all the toast. I all said the it toast. again. Yeah. All the toast. You can chat with us while eating toast. That's right. You can chat with I like. <laughs> I like toast. I like toast too. Yeah, toast. <laughs> so good. <laughs> all the hosts from Talking Heads and join the ever-growing and awesome community that's happening over there. You can also catch us on replay uh, on Anchor FM in podcast form or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Well, we got some drinking coffee. Uh, Dave's Craft Strawberry Lemonade. Ooh, that's a that's a rare one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Let's see. Hey, right on time. Yes, we are, because John's not here. Uh, <laughs> I just finished a blueberry crumble from Little Beer Beaver Brewery. Ooh, blueberry crumble. Little Beaver Brewery. Brewery. Little, 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 little Beaver. I swear I have not drank yet today. <laughs> I just can't talk apparently. Uh, coffee and buttered toast man. No, it's it's powdered toast man from Ren and Stimpy. It wasn't buttered toast man. It was powdered toast. Powdered man. toast man. Powdered toast man. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, how you doing, Steve? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Not too bad. Not too bad. Good. I had a, a rough day. Uh, oh. vid video will be out tomorrow, but mm -hmm. uh, apparently I'm an idiot, and it cost me almost two grand. Oh, <laughs> that, that is a bad day. Um, that was my day. Yeah. This that wasn't was anything to do with the sub pump that you were talking about earlier no, last week. No, 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 no. No, this is... Uh, all related to a video video project that I've been working mm -hmm. on for quite some time. And uh, I bought some incompatible parts and then did something really stupid oh, on something yes. else yes. and I found something that, yeah. that was, that was also not compatible. And so I'm mm -hmm. going, uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. I got bit, I got bit pretty hard. <laughs> didn't do research. Didn't do enough Ouch. research. Well, you can always resell. I mean, yep. Get, get some, get some money back. That's the plan. So new expensive idea shill. No, it's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the same project yeah ongoing <laughs> yeah I, I spent more money on the same project and this time i uh well I'll, I'll come right out and say it so i checked to make sure that you could run an epic 7601 cpu with mm -hmm. non-registered memory because some server chips you can some server chips yes. you can't yeah um i did verify that you can run that particular cpu with non-registered memory i went cool so i ordered $450 worth of memory to get 128 gigs 
3600 megahertz because I went, I'll use it in the server and then I'll use it in some other projects as we go along. Mm -hmm. It's good memory. It's always nice to have around. Um, unfortunately, I didn't check the motherboard for compatibility because the motherboard won't boot without registered <laughs> ECC memory. Yeah. No. So do you have to get a new motherboard or you wouldn't, you're going to, you're going to try to keep in the RAM? What are you going to do? Well, I, you'll have to watch tomorrow. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll watch I'm tomorrow. not going to give it away. All right. You'll have to watch tomorrow. Oh, the suspense. So suspenseful. Yes. Uh, let's see. Budney drinking an Nkasi Oats, uh, Otis oatmeal, oatmeal stout. That's a fantastic yeah. one. That is a good one, yeah. Had that one many times. Yep. Uh, RTX 3090? No, unfortunately, wasn't an RTX 3090. No, no. I still can't find any 3000 series cards for sale. And I didn't break anything. It just yeah. didn't work the way I wanted it to work. Yeah. And uh, it was a quite expensive mistake to not do research on yeah. so i was an idiot i was an idiot twice <laughs> gotta use that pc part picker yep <laughs> i don't think they would have helped me I here don't th yeah i don't think they would have had that listed on there not not on this one no anyway what are we drinking tonight steve all right so i have my three beers uh, i got from a great notion brewing uh so wrong it's ripe um Great Notion is a it's local. a great name. It is. <laughs> I, I kind of chuckled at it. Um, so uh, Great Notion is a local brewery here in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, and they make excellent, excellent hazies. They make excellent pastry stouts, and they make excellent sours. Uh, probably really, really uh, sought after for traders. Then um, this one, I have a Cest les saison. I said it with the French accent. It is a Chardonnay barrel aged Saison. And I got this one in Colorado somewhere. Nice. And I have BA20 by Oscar Blues. It is a uh, bourbon barrel aged stout with toasted almonds and Madagascar vanilla beans. Ooh. Yeah. So we have uh, we have similar beers tonight then. We do, yeah. Um so I am drinking, uh, we'll call it beer two in the series, but it's technically version mm -hmm. one. Uh, this is a uh, uh, Shakopee, head of herd of turtles. Uh, this mm -hmm. is an imperial stout loaded with pecan, uh, cocoa nibs, and vanilla. And this is the barrel aged variant, mm -hmm. uh, barrel aged variant number one. I also have number two in the fridge. Um, I'm going to be drinking this tonight. And that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to drink by yourself. Uh, 12.1% and it's something like 29 ounces. It's a bomber. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's big one. Wow. So. It's a, so it's 29 ounces, not 22? Yeah, no, it's not oh. 22. Oh, oh it's, so, it's, so it's the, a little bigger even. It's, it's the one point, it's the one point uh, nine ounce bottle. Do you, do you, so you're going to have to like double pour. You're going to have to pour half. Yeah, no, then, it's, it's going to be pour an entire pint and then pour another, you know, half to three quarter. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, uh, that's gonna that's gonna take you a while. It's a it's a good one. All right. <laughs> uh, so let's get these things opened, and then we will uh, yeah. get into it. I'm gonna start off with the uh, so wrong it's ripe. All right. Oh man! Right as soon as you crack that open, it's like grapefruit flavor, and oh, I forgot to say that this this one is a. Uh, Hazy IPA 
with honey. It's made with honey too. Oh. So it's probably going to have some slight mead type flavors. Yeah. Oh, also, <laughs> I, I got to tell you this. Yeah. I, I made. I, I wouldn't say it's a regretful purchase because it was it was still really good and really tasty, but I paid way too much for it. So I had some friends from out of town. Uh, they're from Southern California, and uh, you know the beer selection down there isn't great in LA. It's okay, but I mean, you know, so we took them to our local John's Marketplace, which has just like you know, it, it's just a giant beer paradise over there. I, I love John's Marketplace. I know it's awesome. And so we were going there with our shopping carts, and we're like looking for beers and stuff like that. And we grabbed a bunch of them, and I came across this mead. It was a peanut butter and jelly mead, which I had never seen before. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I went and looked it up on Untapped, and it's like really rated high and everything like that. And I looked at the price tag. It was $45 for a 22-ounce bottle of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but I got, I got, I got friends in town. You know, I kind of want to impress them. It's like, all right. Oh, so you right, actually I, got it. I got it. I went and wow. bought it. We polished it off in one night. Oof. <laughs> that was like, I usually spend that much on like some whiskey or something like that. Not on a mead. But it was good. I mean, it wasn't forty-five dollars good, but it was good, and right. it did have it. It did have that peanut butter peanut jelly, butter, strawberry jelly, with yeah. that kind of sweet honey. It was really good, but nice. I don't know, man. I still, it still kind of hurts. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna hurt for a while. Uh, oh, and by the way, thank you to uh, Novella Hub for sending this beer over, as well as the other two herd of turtles, and literally half of my fridge, I think, right now is Novella Hub because uh, he sent me. Uh, a bunch of bombers and 32 ounce cans and some uh, growlettes and right around the time that you know this whole thing happened and we couldn't do in-person shows anymore mm -hmm. and people think i like to drink a lot and sometimes <laughs> i do but even i have limits and cracking a 32 ounce can feels yeah. a little weird <laughs> yeah i know i have i have a bunch of bombers that i'm like i'm just waiting to share because i can't yeah. drink them myself uh, it's, it would be too much yeah, I, I finally got tired of looking at some of the bombers at the bottom of my fridge. So I'm like, you know what? Right, if I have one, power through it. you know, over two or three hours, so be it. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, Mazen says, wait, so Craft Computing literally gets paid to make tech videos and drink beer. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet gig, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now you know why you wanted to go full time so bad. Because <laughs> that's literally what it is. <laughs> this is literally my job now. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so rough. <laughs> well, but you do end up making two thousand dollar mistakes along the way too. So you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to bring that back up. Well, you know, <laughs> I had almost forgotten about it. Ah, well, you know, you keep drinking that beer, you will forget about it. And there it goes again. Oh, is it good? Oh, oh, yes. I think I did that same reaction to the first one. Yeah, because I had the first one two weeks ago. Um, and it was quite good then. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good evening for you then. It's going to be a really good evening. <laughs> so you're drinking your dessert is basically what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ama amazingly enough, no head on this beer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it looks like none. I poured it and that's what I got. Yeah. Um, I got I got quite a bit on this one. You can't really tell because I got my, my Talking Heads drinking mug. Um, but yeah, that's quite a bit on this one. But it's IPA. You can't expect that. Mm. Yeah, this is kind of what I expected too. It's it's kind of big, juicy IPA, but it mm -hmm. kind of has that 
sweet mead flavor at the back end. So it's pretty good. It's 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 good. It's not the best uh, hazy IPA I've had from Great Notion, but it's kind of up there. Sorry, I had to respond to Discord real quick. Ah, All right. You. So let's go ahead and get into mm. the news. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so first off, a little bit of Microsoft and Windows news. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I've, I've kind of felt Windows 10 has been kind of stagnant a little bit in its... UI design. It's it's been five years actually. Windows ten is is five right. years old. Yeah. And 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 you can even go back to Windows eight point one, back mm-hmm. to you know twenty twelve. Um, yeah. And the interface with is the same similar. basic UI design. Yeah. Right. Um and uh yeah, so it's it's been eight years. Uh if you look at, at Apple, Macintosh or Mac OS has been, you know, pretty much the same basic look since around 10.4 mm-hmm. or you know around the 2006 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Era. um 2006 2007 i want to say that came out mm-hmm. um so yeah uh os looks have kind of finally solidified cemented into what they are yeah but uh microsoft has said not so fast my friend because uh they're actually planning on reinvigorating the Windows 10 UI yeah. experience uh, sometime in the next year. Yes, exactly. And I actually kind of love the, the the internal uh, name of it. They call it uh, Windows 10 Plus Plus. Yes. <laughs> it's not the official name. The official name is Sun Valley, <laughs> but internally they're calling it Windows 10 Plus Plus. I kind of like that. I think it's funny. But yeah, it looks like next year there's going to be some really major updates to um, you know top level level interfaces like the start mm-hmm. menu, which I'm super happy about. I'm, I'm I kind of don't like the start menu, like you said before. Right. They got those little tiles on the side, which are kind of useless. I mean, the live tiles honest, are a yeah, joke. Yeah, no one uses them, and it's kind of like you said, reminiscent of 8.1. Right. Um, and uh, I guess the person who headed up the Surface division, who who did the uh, Windows 10 X interface for the Surface, is is doing this one. Um, so I would probably expect they're kind of going to implement some of those into. I just I just hope they don't forget what a mouse is. <laughs> yes, I know. I and saw that some... people have them, and that's yeah. what they have. Yes, and that's what primarily people use. They don't use styluses that's, or touch their screens. And that's why Windows 8 was such a disaster. Is know, you yeah. needed a touch screen yeah. to operate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just swipe from the right. You can't swipe with a mouse. <laughs> yeah, I know. I there's still there's still a server that at my work that uh, has um, Windows Server 2012 on there, and that had the same type of menu. And yeah, I hate it. 20, I hate it. 2012 was an abysmal operating system. I did not like that. I don't um, like that server. Yeah. Mainly because the only way to shut down a a Windows Server 2012 is to CLI shut it down. You had yeah. to go into the command prompt and shut down dash T zero. Mm-hmm. Um, because they removed the UI element to shut down the server. It's not in the start <laughs> menu. It's not in the right click on the start menu. It's not an option anywhere. It's not they, in the control alt delete. 
it doesn't exist. I think they had that also in earlier builds of um, uh, Windows XP when you remoted into it. Mm-hmm. They had disabled the shutdown if you were because it detected that. Oh yeah, you're right. It would into say it. disconnect instead. Yeah, it would say disconnect, and you. Yeah. I had to do the same thing. You had to go do the the command yeah. prompt shutdown to get it to shut down, actually, which yep. was always annoying. But. <laughs> sorry apparently the uh the little one is wired tonight and, oh yeah uh, so my wife just came in and locked the door <laughs> oh just so, in case yeah so we so we don't get a an unexpected guest again on the show <laughs> yeah she got up about an hour into the show last night and i'm really hungry <laughs> <laughs> well all i got is beer in here kid right <laughs> yeah, yeah you're not gonna give them some beer i'm gonna help them sleep though you know right especially that beer you got right now Right out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah um, looks like it's going to come out um, second next half year. of next year. Second half of next year. Yeah. 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 They're expecting it with the 21.2H update, which is the half two or second half update. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope. I hope they think about this long and hard. And mm-hmm. I hope. I hope they actually design an interface that is intuitive instead of designing an interface that just looks pretty. Yeah. Because, and no offense to to the great minds at, at Star Trek, but <laughs> they literally tried to make Windows 8.1 or Windows 8.0 look like L-Cars. Yes, And that did. was your launching platform, and, and it was supposed to be a touch-operated system. And uh, in practice, that those type systems have always been abysmal. Yeah. Um, they've never worked because they're not intuitive. Visually looking nice, but mm-hmm. not intuitive, not production-wise, anyway. Right. Hence why I don't like tiles, because they just they take up space and I don't use them. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not intuitive at all. I have the tiles removed on every single computer I own. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yep. I have a script that kills them. That kills the tiles? <laughs> yep. Actually, I might do a video on that, on the script that kills the tiles, and then how to even prevent them from coming back. Yeah, there was, I think, um, I haven't done it with, with this, because I just recently installed it, like, about a month ago. But my previous Windows 10, there was a utility you get. You just install it, and you're like, no, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, I mm-hmm. don't want this. Just remove uh, it. There's Classic it. Start, which is a, uh, who makes that? Same people who make window blinds. And, yeah, and a couple, uh, yeah. Uh, Stardock. Stardock, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That they, they make a, a program called Classic Start, and mm-hmm. uh, I guess it works pretty well. Um, yeah. But no, I I just use straight up Windows and use, I hate to say it, but PowerShell <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> hey, to PowerShell. eliminate a lot of the problems. PowerShell's oh, that's powerful. That's what they call it, PowerShell. It's powerful, but who the hell wrote that thing? Mm. Yeah, that's always been my problem with PowerShell is the the syntax. Yeah, you know, I don't just, like the syntax. Is just like, awful. I like I want to copy some files. Well, you got to do a file copy. Blah, 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 blah. It's like right. it's a little over verbose, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's legit like some Active Directory commands that I had to run mm-hmm. that were like seven word hyphenated commands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just the command. That wasn't yeah. the. That wasn't the variables. That wasn't that the variables that end. you had to put in the end. Yeah, that, but no, yeah. I, I had whole paragraphs one time to to clear out or purge or do some other things. And mm. because it's powerful, it's also really dangerous because yes. one typo, if you say... You screwed up, you know, yeah. Um, I, I had one script that I, I disallowed any of my text to run because 
if I run it and screw things up, then I have to get on the backup and fix it. Yes. If you run it and screw something up, I'm going to be pissed because I have to get on the backup <laughs> and fix it. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically it was um, purging out temporary users. And uh, it would nuke an OU and then recreate it with all new passwords, uh, with all new temporary passwords, mm-hmm. um, set up, reset all the permissions, clear all the user folders. If you accidentally ran it one OU higher, it nuked the entire AD structure. So everybody was, <laughs> yeah. You have to make sure it says yeah. slash and then the OU you want, not the, you know, not one level higher in the structure. Otherwise, yeah. it won't stop. <laughs> yeah, it'll keep going. It'll you keep going. Killed all your users. Uh, as long as I was there, we never we never messed it up. Uh, mm-hmm. But there was always that that risk of, oops. <laughs> well, when you when you left, did you document that? <laughs> Let's hope. Okay. I documented everything. All right, good. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't called you about it, so. Yep. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it to see what what new things coming out. Um, so, we'll see. Next dumping week. on PowerShell unsubscribed. Good riddance. Then. <laughs> Get out of here. Dumping on PowerShell. I love PowerShell. No, <laughs> I don't like PowerShell. I like PowerShell. I use PowerShell a lot. In fact, I love this just being able to write SQL scripts within PowerShell, and then just fire it off when I'm distributing stuff. That is true, and and because it's meant to be a remote management tool, and mm-hmm. and it's supposed to help you leverage you know, not needing to click 30 things to get to a submenu yeah. option that you need to modify. Yeah. It's just send the command and go. Yeah. It is powerful. It does yes. everything. It oh, can yeah. affect everything inside of Windows, even things that UI elements don't exist for. Yeah. Um, it's insanely powerful. Mm-hmm. The problem is the verbosity of it and, and, and the syntax and how they put all the commands together. None of it seems to be standardized. Um, yeah. There's a, do I want to allow scripts to run? That That's a command that you have to do. And uh, it's execute script, dub, dub, dub. it's like four words, but they're not hyphenated. Uh, whereas some of the commands are hyphenated, are hyphenated between yeah. words. Yeah, but this one is not hyphenated. I think it's three or four words and they're not, they're not short words. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you have different, weird uh variables at the end of it like you have uh authenticated unrestricted or or restricted or yeah like different levels that, and they all mean different things and there's yes there's documentation for what all those yeah, options but you are. have to go look up the documentation for it you have to look up the documentation yeah. for what each of the variables does and you also have to it's it's not the same variable for that command as it is for another command that does a very similar thing Mm-hmm. And so it seems it was like probably 90 people put PowerShell together and none of them talk to each other. They're just like, well, oh, I, can, I, I can make I, this thing do this. I wouldn't doubt that at all. That's Microsoft for you. Right. I mean, it's got totally different teams Microsoft. working on different things. And they're like, there's no like, probably there's no, between the teams, there's no standardized naming conventions and duck in, you know, how you do it. They're just like, here's this tool, implement, implement what you're working on into PowerShell, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So Yeah. Cause it, cause the syntax for using SQL uh, in PowerShell is way different than like the standard one. It's pretty short, in fact. But uh, yeah, it's completely different than some of the other stuff. Yeah. 
So, yeah. I can't outright say that I absolutely hate PowerShell. I wish it was more friendly and easier to learn. Mm -hmm. Because everything in Linux and Bash is all standardized. There's no confusion on what does what and what command is what and what your variables are at the end. And and it being open source, you would think it'd be more of a mishmash, but they actually got it down pretty good. They've actually got it down pretty darn solid. Yeah. And going from Bash to PowerShell is is literally speaking another language. And yeah. So yeah. PowerShell ISE. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in PowerShell ISE. It doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, Moving on. Boy, Steve, you were alive for this launch, weren't you? Uh, <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so I was not, but uh, but Steve was. So uh, Voyager uh, well, was, 2. I was like, I think I was 2. Yeah, you were 1 or 2 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Voyager 2. Uh, a spacecraft that left Earth in the 70s, um, basically to explore the edge of the solar system. They wanted to send something out, get uh, uh, rudimentary images and and telemetry from a couple of different planets uh, beyond the asteroid belt. Uh, I believe they flew by Saturn. They also flew by Neptune as well as, uh, was it Triton, one of the noons mm. of Neptune? Yeah. Um, and uh, collected a whole bunch of very valuable information for NASA. And uh, sometime in the, I want to say early 2000s, it actually left our solar system. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it's been traveling in space now for 43 years. Um, well, during that entire time, it has been in constant communication with Earth um, until uh, right around 2011, 2012, it had drifted so far south that uh, as far as orientation within our solar system and what they consider north, I don't know which direction is north, um, but uh, it had drifted so far south that the three observatories on Earth that are supposed to keep track of it, there's one in the US, there's one in Spain, there's one in Australia. So the theory was that at any given time, they can look anywhere in the sky. Mm-hmm. The, only one that could, the only one that could communicate with it was the one in Australia. And it can only do it in a 70 degree window at a certain time of day. Um, well, fast forward to 2015, or no, to to, uh, to March of this year. I don't know where 2015 came from. <laughs> fast forward to March of this year, and the site in Australia needed to go through a major renovation and rebuild. And so they shut down the communication with, uh, with the legacy spacecrafts. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the rebuild, and... Uh, when was this? Uh, this was yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, they sent, uh, or a couple of days ago, they sent Voyager a signal, and yesterday they got a response back, and it responded to commands. They're so, like, finally, somebody's talking to me. Yeah. Oh my God, I've been so lonely. Right. They only uh, have like uh, interstellar aliens that will trap them and change their name to V'ger. <laughs> V'ger. <laughs> or you can go Futurama and go V'giny. V'giny, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> South. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick and Morty, you still use South in space? <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so they, 
NASA sent a message to a 43-year-old satellite that's been adrift for that long. And uh, yeah, they got a response that's, back, responded response to commands, back. and it will con continue sending telemetry data back uh, based on uh, pressure. Uh, it's going to analyze. It, it's been analyzing uh, uh, microparticles that pass through, um, and it's been doing this work since the '70s. Yeah, and that's insane. <laughs> and and blasting Rolling Stone albums out into space. Right. <laughs> that's that's a reference to what movie? Bling. Oh, uh, Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. It was the Voyager satellite, and it was playing Rolling Stones. Um, Da, 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 I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Uh, you lost Come me. Ah, Starman. Oh. <sighs> Boy, it's been a long time since I've seen that. <laughs> That's some, some Voyager um, movie trivia yeah. crossover for you. Yeah. Yeah. This is delicious. <laughs> I just have to say, it's so good. It's uh, it's uh, impeding your memory. It really is. It really is. Um, man, this this is a good beer. Um, you're. I'm getting the pecan. I'm getting the vanilla. I'm getting the cocoa. I'm getting oh, the bourbon. I'm getting. I'm getting every note that <laughs> that That's you should saying? be getting That's out good. of this. That's good. And it's smooth. Uh, certainly doesn't taste like a what 12 12 and a half that it is that's dangerous right there yeah yeah no, this is uh... yeah it's it's gonna be a fun after party mm -hmm. <laughs> no i have scotch for the after party oh you do i got some yeah. i have some i have some basil hayden's some dark rye basil hayden yeah i've got some uh highland park magnus nice it's one of my favorite affordable single malts cool it's 35 bucks it has one of my favorite bottle designs ever where it has a cork that still has a thread on it. And so you can lock the cork Weird. in place. Oh, nice. it's cool. It's a cool bottle. Um, I like I like the smooth cork too, because I just like that, that sound you make when you pull yeah. it off. I just yeah. like that. No, uh, so the it has a cork with like a lid on it. And the mm -hmm. lid is threaded on top, just like a little quarter turn. Oh, oh okay. And so you still, un, you know, you you know turn the, the top a quarter turn, and then you still get the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a good bottle to have. Okay, I'll have, to go, to have. I'll have to go pick some up. All right, a uh, little bit of Nvidia rumors happening. Uh, yes, happening slash rumors slash maybe confirmed slash who knows. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're gonna call it a rumor. I think we're gonna call mm -hmm. it a rumor because I've only seen a single source on this. Um, but we know at some point the uh. Either RTX or GTX, 60, 50, whatever other cards are going mm -hmm. to be coming sometime. Yeah. Um, well, there is indeed a rumor that the RTX 36, RTX 3060 and RTX 3050 Ti not only already exist, but are already for sale. That's what they're saying, yeah. <laughs> So this was posted <laughs> right around noon today, mm -hmm. uh, so eight or ten hours ago, and uh, the the rumors started yesterday that uh, both cards will be based on the GA one hundred and six, so the Ampere one hundred and six yep. core, 
which is different from the the 3070 and 3080 series. Um, it will have uh, 3,840 CUDA cores and the RTX 3050 Ti will have 3584. So they're actually gonna be fairly close, which is, I mean, usually there's a wider gap between 50 Ti and the 60 series. And uh, that doesn't seem to be the case here. So you might be talking 10% or less difference between yeah. the two cards as far as performance goes. Um, rumored to have six gigabytes of GDDR6. Um, but uh, the interesting thing comes from this Twitter post right here. So if I open this guy up. Yeah. So first I clicked on this image and I went, that could be easily Photoshopped and it's a low res photo. I don't know if it's quite clear around there and there's a little weird dark green shading right there. The box doesn't quite look, you know, uniform. Like, yeah. you know, the markers for Photoshop. That it's got some compression right. over, yeah. Then they they show off this which is an actual video, that's a little harder to fake. Yeah. Not impossible, but it seems right. like a little far gone for just right a, yeah. That's a little harder to fake. Uh, so apparently these were already on retail shelves and for sale at sv-comp.com. Now I did go to that website and I was gonna buy one if it was out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay whatever shipping if I can get my hands on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, they are not currently listed on the website, even though there's claims that they are listed on the website. Um, I couldn't search for them. I couldn't browse for them. I could not find them. Um, but those are pretty exacting rumors about uh, which core it's going to be using, how much memory, how many yeah. CUDA cores. Very specific. Um, right. I, th I think we know that they exist. Yeah. So, um, oh, and Novella Hub is chiming in saying, it is more dangerous than a 12.1. The ABV was before the barrel aging. Yes. Well, I mean, the barrel aging, it's, it's going to add a tiny bit. Not it can, that it can add a marginal amount, right? Yeah, it can add a marginal yeah. amount. Yeah. It can add a couple of percentage points. Yeah. Or a couple of, you know, point, point percentage, percentage point yeah. points. Yeah. A couple of tenths. Yeah. Still, crank it up just a little bit. You can always just, like, really crank it up and just pour some straight bourbon in there. <laughs> I don't think it needs it. No, it probably doesn't. Oh, I mean, God. That, it's good. <laughs> it's I, really I've, good. I've actually never tried that before. Like, got a good bourbon barrel-aged beer. Spike in a, a stout with a bourbon? Some, just spike a little extra bourbon-y goodness in there. You'd have to, to have see. the right bourbon because the aging, that, yeah. the barrel-aging in the stout is a different flavor profile than the barrel-aging for a bourbon. It yes. just is. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it definitely is. And I and I agree with you there. I'm just saying, you know, blending-wise, you know, just just, right. just just to try it. I've never, yeah. I don't, I've never done it. I probably should, but. I, I can't say I've never done it, but I think think i was a stupid college kid <laughs> it was like oh let's mix these two together like adding like canadian velvet to like a mike's yeah. hard lemonade kind of crap yeah, yeah. <laughs> or black velvet yeah I've, I've done that before i'm just like oh what do i got left uh, right all right let's take some gold let's crank the abv up on this yeah, little bit yeah. <laughs> that's the last time i can remember doing anything like that yeah that and the uh the myers rum and the milkshake well there was also the uh um well, Myers rum and the milkshake is awesome. That was delicious. It's so good. 
uh, what was it? Uh, early on in the Talking Heads, you guys were doing uh, user requests. You and John. Don't no, and don't. It was there. it was what was it? It was uh, uh, peppermint schnapps and peppermint, tequila. Yeah, peppermint schnapps and tequila. <laughs> That's why you guys stopped doing that right after that. Yep. <laughs> it's like Mexican toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the exact reaction I had too, because I'm like, oh, I hate tequila. I'm not, I, I love peppermint schnapps, but yeah. like added to coffee or hot cocoa or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like that's that's how I drink it. Yeah. In fact, I think I still have that same bottle of tequila because mm -hmm. I don't drink tequila. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. just have it around for whenever, you know, friends come over and they're like, do you have any like tequila drinks? Yeah. I got one bottle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I don't have friends that drink tequila either. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I like a good tequila, um, but I'm not big on it. I mean, but I remember my reaction because I'm going, oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, this is going to mm. be bad. Oh, this is going to be bad. And I, I took the shot and I'm bracing for it. And I went, not, not as bad as I thought. As, <laughs> it's bad, but not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> it was going to be <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like an 18-year-old bourbon mixed with bud. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, didn't John try that on one of his videos where he tried to do a bourbon barrel-aged uh, Budweiser? He, like, took some bourbon-soaked staves and, like, aged it. Yeah. I don't know. He does all kinds of weird stuff. It doesn't end well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know when we're going to get the 3060 Ti. Yeah, it doesn't say... Or 3060 uh, and 3050 Ti. Yeah. 3060 Ti or whatever other SKUs. There's a 3080 Ti in talks now that's going to be yeah. like 12% faster than the 3080 because the the uh, 6900 XT was announced by AMD and they've got to compete. It's, it is so, saying, the article is saying that the 3060 Ti is rumored to launch on December 2nd. Yeah. This year. I've heard that. Heard that, but... Yep. But we've also heard rumors that the 20 gig variants were canceled and, and one of the, and the 20 gig variant of the 3080 was a 3080 TI because it had an increased CUDA core count. Yeah. Um, or they could just pull the Titan X versus Titan XP where you bought a Titan X with 12 gigs of Ram and Pascal and everything else named the same as the Titan X Maxwell card, which mm -hmm. also had 12 gigs of Ram and then go, Oh, we should probably differentiate these. Tell you what, mm -hmm. we'll call it the Titan XP and we'll give it like 300 more CUDA cores. Because oh. they've done that before. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nothing Lovely. irritates me more than skew overload. Oh, yeah. And um, NVIDIA is completely guilty of that. And they're completely, especially the last two generations. Yes, especially the um, last two generations. Uh, you know, the, the, the 1070 Ti late launch, I can understand that one. Mm-hmm. I can understand the 1053 gig and the 1055 or 1065 gig. Those were kind of special market. Uh, the 1065 gig was slated for China uh, as a Chinese only release. Mm -hmm. um, and the 1053 gig was just like, yeah, we have weird extra parts. So here's a, <laughs> here's a $150 card that's better than the $150 card you were already getting. Yeah. I, I, I understand those. Yeah. What I don't understand is segmenting your $1,500 wide market every $50. Yeah. I don't get it. It, 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 it. it leads to consumer confusion. Yeah, it does. It, right. Well, should I get this 
this variant of of this card or the higher variant but then well, msi and, and gigabyte have like extreme versions yeah. but is the extreme version of the base card better than the super edition of the hey you it's know impossible what, to answer it is but it kind of keeps um people like you uh, busy and uh it's true you're like hey we got all these let's 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 read up all these different combinations and test them yep yep so if only i had a 3000 series card to yeah i still and... haven't given you one yet huh no nope. no i've well, been calling yeah i'm calling and calling someone tweet nvidia and get their attention yeah. please yeah thanks <laughs> yep mm. all right what's next <laughs> so i said no politics and this has to do with something that was on a ballot measure, but I promise you this is probably a bipartisan issue, especially because it passed. <laughs> um, and it's something that we've talked about on the show multiple times, and that is right to repair. Um, so Massachusetts just passed a um, pretty aggressive uh, right to repair bill, uh, yeah. and it's aimed at the auto industry. Now, the auto yep. industry has been one of the better, more compliant industries out there because there are U.S. consumer protection laws for you have to provide schematics. You have to, yes. to sell parts at a reasonable mm -hmm. rate. You have to allow aftermarket parts. You have to do this. You have to do that. There, there's all these stipulations on what car manufacturers can do and can't do post-sale. Um, there's also regulations on what they have to do mm -hmm. um, post-sale. And so it is a, a fairly regulated industry and fairly mature industry. However, uh, some auto manufacturers were starting to find some loopholes, especially when it comes to the electronic maintenance of your car. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, automakers have to follow what's called the OBD2 standard. Uh, OBD2 is the little port that's under your dash that they plug in to pass your DEQ or check your engine light. Um, and the reason that port exists and the reason it's on every car in the past, in the driver's side bay is because of a legal requirement to have your car with an open standard be scannable and serviceable um, by anyone who happens to have that device. Um, and it can be any device because it is an open standard. Um, yeah. And uh, and you can buy those devices on Amazon too. They're like... 20 bucks yeah you cheap. can you can read the obd uh, on your car mm -hmm. you can clear warning lights you can do all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. um i recently did quite a bit of work on my 350z and got a couple of warning lights and uh one of them was just like a no two sensor that was reading false because i put a uh, a new exhaust on it and once the computer learned the new exhaust it didn't care um but i had a warning light popped up <laughs> cleared it out good to go um but uh Anyway, automakers have been starting to get around this by having specific computer components on their car, either on the ECU or body control or traction, mm -hmm. you know, some other computer in the car not needing to communicate with the OBD2 port and instead being a wireless transmission to dealer-only uh, receivers uh, to read yeah. certain codes. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were locking out independent repair shops. Well, like I said, in a pretty aggressive bill, Massachusetts has passed the right to repair expansion uh, to open up car electronic data. 
Um, this is very similar to the OBD2 requirement, but by 2022, any auto sold in the state of Massachusetts uh, will require all automakers to open up the infrastructure required to read uh, either read the wireless information that's coming out or provide, provide an open source port that is universal. So they need to agree on a standard here pretty quick um, of basically an upgraded OBD2 port. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes into effect January 1st, 2022. That's coming pretty quick. They got to come up with a standard. Right. Yeah. Um, and usually once one state passes, all the other states fall like dominoes oh, yeah. because well, there's, you know, electronic cars are being sold everywhere and everybody's right. got a repair shop. Everyone's and, got repair shops. Yep. Not only that, but automakers aren't going to make specific models just for Massachusetts. Yeah. They're going to make one standard model and sell them everywhere yep. because economy it's of cheaper. scale. Yeah. Right. You're not going to engineer something special just for the Massachusetts yeah. market. It doesn't make any sense. No. Um, and so, uh, it's weird that Massachusetts is getting the ball rolling because usually it's California. <laughs> <laughs> usually California passes a law and then it becomes federal law is, is how things work. You probably wish it was California because after drinking that stout, saying Massachusetts over and over again is getting hard for you to say that. Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, my, my, my three-year-old just uh, all of a sudden started yelling and singing in her bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in bed. <laughs> <That's, Yeah. laughs> I don't know what's going on in there. Oh, no. My my son likes to sing um, TNT from, from ACDC in bed. He'll be there in bed like, I'm TNT, dynamite. He sits there and sings that. <laughs> DNT? TNT from TNT. ACDC. Yeah, TNT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, this is a pretty, pretty, uh, wide sweeping law that, that Massachusetts passed that will have an impact on you as a car owner somewhere in the United States and possibly globally, because typically automakers around the world usually follow U S standards because they have to sell their cars in the U S. Yeah. Um, with rare exceptions, you have, uh, uh, certain domestic manufacturers in in China and India, and I think there's a mm-hmm. couple in France um, that don't follow e uh, you know U.S. standards and don't follow safety standards and diagnostic standards. But overall, um, as the as one state goes, the U.S. goes, and as the U.S. goes, the world goes. And so this is an absolute win for right to repair. Mm-hmm. Now to apply it to cell phones. Yes, I know. This <laughs> is only laptops. focused on cars. And yes, if we can, yeah. if we can get it to move to other things, it's a small increment. We need it to go to electronics as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that fight will be ramped up, especially now that Apple has been pushing the the limits even further with the iPhone 12. Um, that is one story that didn't quite make the cut this week. That uh, apparently, if you swap out any part in the iPhone 12 it will create random software bugs elsewhere in the system. Like if you swap out a camera, your camera app will stop responding to certain functions. Mm. A camera. That's not good. A camera, yeah. Right. Not not, not integral to the whole system of the phone. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but basically because everything is uh, now encrypted by the T2 chip, 
it's great for security, but it's terrible for right to repair. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. And app and and I don't care how far Apple goes with oh we're trying to be 100% green and zero waste by 2023 and and stuff like that. Yeah, but you're also forcing force obsolescence onto people mm-hmm. with number one fragile phones, uh, with number two crap like this where I can't buy a replacement camera and repair the camera. Yeah. Well, it's not user serviceable. Yeah, but this it pops off. Any any competent repair yeah. shop can handle this. Of course. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that. I, I even repaired um well, not not this. I think was it uh Galaxy 8, I think. I I found replacement because like my wife cracked yeah. the lens on her on her camera mm-hmm. on her phone and like I found a replacement online. I was able to yep. pop it out, put it back in. It was good. Yep. Doesn't happen nearly as much as it should. Yeah, you're right. It's, it doesn't. Yep. Uh, does eating Tillamook whiskey and maple frozen custard count as drinking along? Tillamook yes. whiskey? Tillamook whiskey. Tillamook whiskey. How's Tillamook ice cream? Tillamook cheese? I've. He says Tillamook whiskey. I've been to Tillamook several times, but I've never seen a whiskey I, over there. I don't know that there's a distillery in Tillamook. I don't think so. There's, there's. Unless uh, you know something that we don't, because I freaking love Tillamook, but I'm Degard, not aware of a distillery there. Degard is in, is in Tillamook. Yeah, Degard is there. Uh, there's a distillery in Cannon Beach. Yeah, yeah. Tillamook whiskey. I've never heard of that before, and I've never heard Tillamook outside of the state of Oregon before. Yeah. Oh, whiskey oh. ice cream. Oh, Tillamook whiskey. Okay, I have had the Tillamook whiskey. Oh, I see Tillamook whiskey and maple frozen. Pendleton whiskey and maple frozen custard. <laughs> I thought I thought there he was is. eating. I thought I was eating maple frozen custard and had and had Tillamook whiskey. whiskey. That's what I thought a... <laughs> too. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, reading comprehension so hard. It's a whiskey and maple frozen custard. Yes. yes okay. 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 Thank you. We for figured clarifying. it out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Pendleton whiskey. Yeah. Well. I... I'm got gonna, it. I'm gonna get some maple custard and a, and a snifter of whiskey and just I'm gonna yep. try that now. <laughs> got it. No, I've done I've done uh, whiskey and creme brulee before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. That's I do like darn that. good. Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, whiskey mixed as well with a lot of desserts actually because it's yep. got that kind of almost caramely flavor to it. Yes. And you put that with any kind of sweet stuff, it's so good. Uh, Novella Hub says uh, Tillamook is sold in Minnesota. Their cheese is delicious. Yes, absolutely yes. it is. Yeah. So I uh, had to spend a week in Wisconsin on business uh, a number of years ago, and I'm from Oregon, and we have really good cheese here mm-hmm. uh, with with Tillamook and a couple others uh, that that are right here in, in yeah. the local area. And uh, I went to Wisconsin, and it was nothing but like, "Have you tried our cheese?" I'm like, I've tried cheese, yeah, and ours okay, is man. pretty good. We, and we like, no, but you too, haven't man. tried Wisconsin cheese. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, but I've tried Tillamook cheese, and I noticed that's on your store shelf, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have cows, too, man. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, t- Tillamook dairy is legendary. It um, is. It's uh, It's kind of it's kind of funny. Like I was telling you, we had uh, some friends visiting us last week uh, from California, and they, they were going to stay with us for, for about a week. And uh, we asked them, like, hey, you know, you guys want us to pick us, pick you up anything? So when you're here, we can snack on something, whatever. The one thing that they request was a block of Tillamook cheddar cheese. <laughs> I'm like, you can't get that down there? Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, but it's kind of hard to come by. I'm like, really? Yeah. Okay. 
It's a Safeway for four ninety nine here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> As a Californian who's also involved in the cheese wars, Tillamook is amazing. See, there we See? go. Yeah, Tillamook is good. <laughs> I mean, I, if you're if you're gonna come up to Oregon and visit the Tillamook Cheese Factory, I will recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it right now because <laughs> the whole cheese sample aisle is closed. You, you yes. can't go there. But that's like yeah. the best reason why you want to go visit because they have all their style of cheeses right there and you can sit there and just... And they're amazing. They're good. We yeah. always come back with like bag of cheese curds or whatever. It's good. Uh, classic arrogant Oregonian response. Why try yours? You already have ours. Um, <laughs> I did try their cheese. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. It was I've cheese. Had, I've had some amazing cheeses from other places. I've had worse cheese. Yeah. But it's hard to get better than Tillamook. I mean, I, I like some more of the artisan cheeses and the cheeses that Tillamook doesn't make, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just some of the standard cheeses. is like you can't beat it. Yeah, cheese curds from the factories. The 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 dill, they make a, a dill garlic cheese curd. So good. Oh, super awesome. All right. Uh, let's see. We do have a little bit of beer news to get to tonight. We do. We actually, actually have, we a, have little a, bit. a lot of it because we Quite had low bit. on we had low on tech news, but high on beer news, which yep. is uh, almost never happens. Like pretty much never happens. Next on craft computing, pairing cheese and meats with beer and cocktails. Hey, Heck dude. Yes. Uh, hey, look hey. for that on the float plane. We're gonna do a charcuterie board <laughs> with beer and hot sauce. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. You should, see, you should see my fridge. My fridge, my hot sauce collection exploded. Like, oh, did it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because, like, uh, I was saying, my friend. That's how you up, spent your pandemic? I, I did. I just <laughs> hot sauce right in my thing. But, yeah, he likes he likes hot sauces, too. And so we just, he just bought a whole bunch of them. And so, mm -hmm. like, my, my fridge is, like, full of them now. Loved the Bandon Cheese Factory when I lived in Coos Bay. I did have Bandon Cheese before they were bought out by Tillamook. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they were very solid as well. Yeah, band and cheese. I remember them. Yeah, yep. they were good. Hello from Idaho. Just got here. Hello. Hey, Idaho. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> Howdy ho. Well, uh, yes, Idaho is neighbor. Howdy ho. Howdy ho, good neighbor. Sorry. Howdy ho, good neighbor. That's right. Kids these All days right. don't understand that reference. No, yeah, I know. Gosh. That's Damn, not that old. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like 90s. It's only it's not that old. Yeah. It doesn't feel that old, but Steve, that was 25 years I ago. I know, I know. Uh, don't remind me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, beer news. Yes. Firestone Walker. Yes, Firestone Walker. So, uh, every year... Firestone does a anniversary, yes, uh, a very good thing. And the very thing unique about this anniversary beer is that it's not just a straight-up bourbon barrel-aged blah, 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 blah. They actually put some real thought into this. Um, mm -hmm. They go and they contact uh, these um, wine experts and winemakers, basically, and because they're more apt for blending and what flavors blend together, and they ask them to drink their beers and drink the different things and come up with a blended beer and put them together to make a beer. And um, blended beers seems to be like kind of an up and coming thing. I think um, it, I've, you know, 
it's been a thing for a while. It's but, been a local thing. But though. in like, it's been a local thing. It's been, you yeah. go to a tap house and they're like, have you tried number seven and number 32 together? The, yes, oh, exactly. God, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah, right. that's so great. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's been a thing for a while, but all of a sudden, like in the last two months, I'm hearing of different different breweries getting together yeah. Yeah. and they're going, let's do a 50-50 or a 60-40 mix of these yes. two beers yes. and sell it as a special release collab. Exactly. Exactly what's going on. Yeah, because like, right. uh, uh, even if you go on a few people who use Untap, people who use Untap, uh, so McMinimins is a local um, brewery restaurant place in the area. They have a thing what they call as the Rubinator, where mm-hmm. they take their, their Terminator stout and their uh, ruby red wheat, and they mix them together for like a raspberry chocolatey stout. And it's good. It's like my one of my wife's favorite beers to drink. And it's on untapped, even though they don't officially have it anywhere. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, if you go up to any McMinniman and say, hey, give me a Rubinator, it's never on the menu, but right. – they, they know what it is so it's yep. like it's, it's a popular enough combination that they'll pour it for you so yep. blended beers is starting to come up and so uh this new firestone walker uh they finally released what their blend is and it's of course all of their different beers so they're going to have uh primarily the highest percentage which is 27 percent, is their velvet merkin uh by an oregon it's above 20 yeah yeah well, it's, it's, no, that no, it's not 25% ABV. It's okay. 25% of the beer. Is, oh, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Is, okay. Is the, is the Velvet Merkin, which is you Asian got me all Velvet. excited, Steve. I'm sorry, it's not a 27. I think it's I think it's like a overall. I think it's like maybe 11, 12%. But okay, um, okay. And then they also have a Sticky Monkey, which is their quad, which is Asian bourbon barrels. The Parabola, which I've all I think a lot of people have had, which is Asian bourbon barrels. Uh, yeah, Parabola is one of my favorite beers. It from, is very from good. Firestone. Yeah, um, I, I I love getting that. I think I've had five or six of them over the years. Yeah, and the, and the um, first three blends kind of make sense. They're all bourbon barrel aged. They're stouts, quads, and yeah. another stout. Kind of makes sense. The next three are kind of the more interesting ones. They have a smoked uh, Imperial Walker's Reserve, which is going to have some smoked malts to it. So it's going to be a slightly smoky, peaty. Mm-hmm flavor to it um and uh brown ale which was yeah, an imperial barrels. brown 11 percent brown, brown yeah. ale. so you're gonna add some of those nutty flavors to it yeah and then the last one is a tequila barrel aged horonado blonde barley wine four percent blonde barley wine yeah aged so it's, in tequila. it's <laughs> gonna be just a touch and i know you like yeah. tequila you just we just talked about you not liking tequila right but it's a barley wine in there, so I'm like, oh, that'd be. It's not that I don't like tequila. I don't mm-hmm. like agave. Period. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> like it's, just it's in it's, general. It's the smallest percentage in this thing, and right, it's the barley wine. So it's you're probably not gonna taste any agave in this thing. I would probably try that one. I'm curious to try that one. Actually. I'm curious to try it too, and like, especially for a low ABV barley wine, it's yeah. like, yeah, I want to try that. Yeah, it's it's something that was released, I think, recently. I think in the last two days. So you should be able to pick it up in different places. Uh, Novella Hub says, uh, show the bottle again. I did V1, correct? Yes, I did uh, version one of the yep. Shakopee Herd of Turtles. Shakopee. 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 All right. And um, next, speaking of blended beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next story, we have a new brewery. Well, I, 
Yes, it's a new brewery uh, in, coming from Chicago called Primary Colors. And uh, the unique thing about this brewery um, is all the beers they have are blended. They're all yes. blended beers. So the guy – and it's also kind of cool. If you look at the cans in the picture, they're 8-ounce cans. They're yeah. little tiny just tasters, which, hey, dude, I'm all for that. If I can get like a little tiny taster for like 250 and they sell right. for 250 a piece, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'd go for that. Yeah, two dollars, two fifty. Get, you know, that's what I'd pay at a at a bar for a flight of a a good number of exactly, of beers. exactly. So I think, and, and you just get a good taste of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never I've never seen that stolen store, so I think this is be kind of curious to to see if I can get some of these. Yeah, but that's all he does. So all of his beers are just blended beers, and he'll take like here's a sour and here's a hazy, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he'll do stuff like that, and so they they just opened up. I think they're just limited to like uh, the Chicago um, area, uh, but if people who live out there can get their hands on some, I think that would be very, very fascinating to try some of this stuff because it's it's a you know thought was put into like this beer tastes okay, but this beer with this beer tastes amazing, right? And so they blend them right. together. Right. So there's blending going on in all kinds of things. We blend whiskey, we blend wine, we blend everything. Not too many blended beers, except for, you know, the anniversary stat, uh, the anniversary uh, from Firewalker, and then now these guys. Uh, LW sends a super chat, uh, five bucks, a little support for the two thousand dollar loss. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, there you go. Hey, now it's now it's only uh, nine thousand nine hundred ninety five dollar loss. <laughs> right. <laughs> It still stings, but a yeah. little less. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, and I think Novella Hub sent me a. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, he sent me a five dollar super chat a little bit ago. I forgot to read that one. Uh, oh, yeah. Beer for Jeff. Shigaby uh, Brew Hall Barrel Aged uh, Herd of Turtles, twenty nineteen version one, aged one year in Buffalo Trace. So Ooh. this is a, a Buffalo Trace. It's a Buffalo Trace one. Now I'm yep. even more jealous. Yep. I do like Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace isn't my favorite bourbon. No, it's not my favorite bourbon either, but it's kind of my go-to bourbon. It's good. It is good. It's like it's like the one I can mix with it and I can drink it straight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but for that I usually go Elijah Craig small batch, I think is my favorite. The Elijah Craig's list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, I actually have just I have their, their Elijah Craig small batch. It's yeah. that, that I think is my favorite bourbon because yeah. that one I feel has all the notes you're looking for in a bourbon mm-hmm. when you're drinking it straight. And it's mm-hmm. also a fantastic mixer. If you're looking for something a little bit sweeter, a little bit darker, it is a little bit sweeter um, and darker. Yes. Right. Um, whereas if I'm going rye, I want to go completely the opposite direction instead of like, muddling the the middle of bourbon mm. and rye and all the mm. different things and so bullet 95 is a great rye there's also a number of straight ryes that i have up on my shelf it's rye is my number one spirit of choice i i, I like rye too i'm kind of yeah. that's why i have the basil hayden's rye right. so rye. when i go bourbon i want to go completely into bourbon i don't want i don't want a spicy bourbon or a light-bodied bourbon mm-hmm. i i want you know I want that body to it. I want the sweetness mm. to it. I, you okay. Know, so. Kind of like a rye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Oh, you're getting tired now. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> uh, gosh, when did I wake up? Six this morning? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The first, uh, so our big dog, Ruby, sleeps in the room with me. And mm-hmm. usually somewhere in the middle of the night, she'll get up and start snuggling with me. Mm-hmm. Um, our small dog is, is still kennel trained and he sleeps uh that's zeke and he sleeps out in the living room and in his in his box mm-hmm. um i call it a box it's a it's a, actually a very nice kennel very well sized and he's got a blanket and water and food and like he's he's just living it up that's there. like an apartment in new york right exactly yeah, yeah. rent is even cheaper probably um, yeah actually if anyone from new york wants to move <laughs> wants in, to I'll, in. Hey, we'll talk terms well cheap cheap yeah um but uh yeah, uh, for a while, Ruby started going, like, right at 7 o'clock. It's time to wake up. I'm hungry. Get out of bed. Yeah. And that was probably, like, a four or five-month stint. And then, all of a sudden, she's gotten a little bit lazy as the years worn on, and it's not brightening up quite as early, and so her clock's a little bit off. Um, but this morning, Zeke, at 6 o'clock, he had to pee, he had to eat, he needed he needed something. And... Uh, and so I, I just kind of cracked the door and I went, Zeke, it's six o'clock. Shut up. And then close the door. It's like, you can live another hour. You're okay. You're okay, yeah. Um, and uh, I did that. And less than 30 seconds later, the door opens and Little Bit is in the door going, I awake. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, uh, fine. I guess we're I all guess awake we're now. up. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, because, because I had to get up. Ruby woke up, and as soon as I landed back in bed, Ruby was jumping onto my shoulder going, okay, okay, it's time to get up. I saw you stand. Anybody with little kids know that as soon as the little kid's up, everybody's up. That's pretty much how it is. I guess we're up now. Yeah, I guess we're up now. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. So I've been up since six. I'm I'm a little sleepy, and this is a really good day. Yes, so it's going to be... I don't know know how long the after party is going to last with Jeff. He's going to be like... I'll catch a second wind once I start yeah. drinking scotch. There you it's go. okay. Oh, okay. It's an energy. So you got the Gatorade version of scotch. Yeah, I got the, got the, <laughs> the Red Bull. Red Bull and scotch. Red Bull. Oh. <laughs> oh uh, <laughs> I didn't think anything could ruin scotch for me, but there it is. <laughs> hey, just be glad no one suggested that when you guys were doing uh, shot suggestions. <laughs> Red Bull and scotch. I don't own Red Bull. I hate Red Bull. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, Red Bull is very disgusting. I don't like energy drinks in general, but... I don't mind like a rock star and like maybe a gin or something. That's okay. Yeah. That's Even okay. that. Mm. Yeah. I need some right. with my downers. Uh, how would you like to reserve your own private igloo? Yeah. I thought this was kind of an interesting uh, concept. Uh, so this brewery in Virginia, I've never heard of them before. Stable craft brewing. Uh, they decided to put these, igloos in their uh restaurant so you can basically go out there and uh rent them in the middle of winter because like virginia's got some really cold cold winters so you can still go and eat and drink and enjoy your beers in a private heated igloo now this was like i thought this was a great idea because one of the um uh tap houses that just opened locally to us was uh, a place called Topwire, mm-hmm. where they basically have a tap house in the middle of a literal hop farm. 
So you go there at the height of the hop harvest or hop, hop, uh, um, you know, growing and everything season. And you're surrounded by hops while you're drinking beer in the sun in the middle of summer. It was beautiful. It was like yeah. a really great venue. So these guys have taken that to the next level and like, well, what can we do in the wintertime or when it's cold and stuff like that? And we want people to um, have a unique experience like that. Hey, let's go put them in an igloo. They can sit there and hang out in the in this warm igloo while it's snowing outside and mm-hmm. enjoy some beer and food while they're hanging out. I thought that was a pretty pretty nifty idea. I wish they would adopt that in other places because it, it, it's cold around here. It gets kind of dreary. I think it would be awesome if they did this at like the Oregon coast where people like storm watchers. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, you can get there on a nice rainy, windy day and just hang out in the igloo and drink beer. Yeah, what's funny is uh, the difference between Oregon and California is number one, Oregon has, well, this isn't the difference, but Oregon has gorgeous summers where we have four months with without a single cloud in the sky. Yeah. And it's beautiful here. It's beautiful. It's green. And, and it's, it's not sunny. hot. It's, yeah. it's like 85 to 95. Yeah. Um, no Perfect. rain, no chance of rain, low wind. Like, it's great. Yeah. Um, the problem with Oregon is we have eight months of, of rainy yeah. season. You have so a small, narrow window where you get that perfect weather. You get that perfect weather. Um, but but when it decides to change back to rainy season, it's gone, it's done, it's 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 over. Great. Yeah, it's great. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people in Oregon, My me and my wife especially included, mm-hmm. we will go to the beach to storm watch the storms coming in. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. And so, and so we'll get, you know, oceanfront, uh, you know, condos or, or suites or whatever. And most people are like, oh, who would want to go to the beach in like February when it's oh, like storming no, it's and, fun. and wet and rainy? No, it's great because you can see them coming in from 100 miles away. And watch them roll over the beach and, oh, yeah. and everything else, and um, it's great, you know. I'll, I'll sit, go outside, sit by the fire with a scotch, and yeah, read books. I'll take I'll take out there with a the scotch. I'll get my pea coat on and a pipe, and I'll hang out in the wind, just like you know, like a yep. sea captain or something. Yep, I'll, I'll hang out on the balcony sometimes, you know, smoking a cigar, drinking a scotch, just yeah. watching it roll. Oh in. yeah, it's great. I know, because like my my birthday's in November. Yeah, and there's been plenty of times because November is prime, you know, storm watching out there at the Oregon coast, and there's been several times we've gone out there just to like hang out and just yeah. like, you know, we're gonna be inside, we're yeah. gonna watch the weather and stuff roll in, and it's watch the waves crash against the rocks and right. Yeah. No, many many times, uh, uh, my vacation has been around February. That's usually yeah. my yeah. my downtime yeah. has been at work, and so uh, we'll go spend a week on the coast in February and just rent a room and watch the storms all week and, yeah you know eat good food and drink good beer and yeah the sea was angry that day yeah i had several scotches <laughs> <laughs> essentially yes i know essentially yeah all right let's get into a little bit of gaming news shall we yeah, sure. um and this this story came out today and i was immediately it made me raise an eyebrow because yeah. I thought of something that I had never thought of before. Oh, yeah. So let's get into the story first and foremost. And that is that, uh, according to the Gaming Leaks and Rumors Twitter account, um, the Black Ops Call of Duty Cold War will have a minimum 285 gigabyte storage requirement on the PS5. Oh, yeah. Let me say that crap again. 285 gigabytes. That is huge. That is three times 
the size of GTA 5. That is two and a half times the size of Doom Eternal. That is three times the size of Fallout 4 for a multiplayer shooter. Now, one of the excuses or explanations that has been given for this is that, well, it takes an awful lot of compute, of compute resources to decompress audio so we can play it back and that those CPU cycles were taking away from frame rates in gaming and we didn't want to take anything away from the gameplay experience, mm -hmm. but we still wanted to deliver high quality audio. And so we're delivering 100% uncompressed audio, which is where a lot of the file size is coming from. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I still call BS, but but okay, if that's your explanation, that's fine. Right. Um, then today, literally as I'm reading this, um, I I thought of another explanation. And and forgive me, but I'm going to put on my, my pointy metal hat. Tinfoil hat. My, my tinfoil hat. Yeah. Um, how much money does Activision make from microtransactions? Probably a lot. Um... Gosh, was it microtransact? Was it uh, Activision that cleared 1.2 billion this quarter in oh, yeah. microtransactions? Yeah. If memory serves, 1.2 billion dollars. Would Activision have any incentive to block the installation of any other game so you'd be forced to play theirs? Yeah, you install this. It took forever, and you're like, I could uninstall it and play something else, but. I'm well, I'm not going to delete this because yeah, it's 285 gigs. It. Yeah, so I'll just keep it on there for as long as I can. And then maybe I might buy a couple microtransactions while I'm here. Right. Might as well. If you only can install three games on your PlayStation 5 and and all of your friends play Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, um, you're more and more likely to probably start ponying up for those microtransactions, oh, yeah. aren't you? Of course. Because it's the only game you got right now, right? So you might as well just keep buying and buying and buying. I'm, I've, I've got my my tinfoil hat on pretty tight for this one. I don't think this has anything to do with uncompressed audio or deoptimization yeah. or or lazy developers. I think this is intentional. Oh, yeah. I think the explosion of size from specifically Activision. I'm looking straight at you. Has everything to do with increasing microtransactions. Because if you don't have enough space to play other games, you'll only play ours. Yeah. And if you can only play ours and you play it enough, maybe you'll start ponying up a couple of bucks for uh, for skins and unique items. Yeah, especially since it's a game that's specifically made to play with your friends. That's what it's known for. You'd hop in, you play with your buddies, you shoot people up. You're like, oh, well, maybe I want to play this other single player game. Nope, don't got enough space. All right, I'm gonna go yeah. back to Call of Duty. Right. I mean, boy, maybe, I'll I, get, maybe I'll get to this game in another month or two when I'm bored with it. But I'll yeah, just stick boy, with it for I'd, now. boy, I'd install the new, you know, I'd install Cyberpunk and and yeah. play that for 300 hours. But oh man, that's gonna be 90 gigs. I'm I'm down to like 44, and I can't delete I can't, Call of Duty. Uh, no, I can't get rid of that one. Boy, gosh, I guess just, I'm just, just not keep... gonna play Cyberpunk. Yeah, I'll keep it there. That could be. I mean, space hogs. Yeah, they're taking up hard drive space hogs. And I know I it's like, tinfoil hat, but it also makes sense, and it's the kind of crap that I, I would 
completely expect from right. certain game companies. Right. Especially when the majority of their income is now coming from microtransactions. Right, right. They're making a ton of money off of that. And so someone said in uh, the Discord, I believe, that doesn't the PS5 only have an 865 gig SSD? That is mm -hmm. correct. But there's another thing that came out today too, talking about how the PS5 reportedly actually only has 650 gigs of usable space. Usable space. So that's so even Call of Duty, smaller. So, so in theory, Call of Duty Black Ops is going to take up 50% of your game space. Yeah. That's a Think lot. About that's a lot. That doesn't leave much room for growth. Yeah. And of course, Sony probably doesn't care because nope. a couple of years down the road, they'll be like, well, here's the PS2, PS5.5, which is going to have, you know, extra space. And then everyone's like, well, yep. God, I want to buy that because I don't have enough space anymore. Uh, Laura Sill says uh, it doesn't take anywhere near that that much on PC. Um, that's, uh, it still takes 185, 200, something like that. But I think there's likely more microtransactions happening on console than there are in PC. Yeah, and I don't think they really care about that in PC because they're expandable. Like, who cares? Right. I'll just throw another three terabyte drive on there. I don't care. Right, right. You know. So, yeah, I don't think it's as big of an incentive on the PC to, you know, monopolize free space. Yeah. But on the consoles, when you have a certain quantity on every single installed system, yeah. and you can take 50% of it, it's and free it, real estate. It's free, it's free real estate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the thing that's kind of up in the air too is that, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't really researched too much about the PS5. Is it going to be easily expandable? Can you be able to, you know, increase the drive space because they're having that proprietary SSD interface, right? It may require that you have to buy their drives if you want a bigger drive. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. Um. So, yeah. Um, good luck, Call of Duty fans. Yes, I know. You're going to be slammed with... Uh, I know what I won't be installing. I, I haven't been into a Call of Duty for a long, long time. I think Call of Duty 2 was the last one I was really... 4 was my last one. 4, uh, yeah. Modern, Modern Warfare was my last one. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, Modern yeah. Warfare. The Modern Warfare... Because when it got to the Modern Warfare and the Modern Warfare 2, I think yeah. was the last one I was really kind of into. Not Call I, of Duty I, 2. Right, I played Modern Warfare 2, um, but... Uh, uh, yeah, Modern Warfare was really the last one. I played that on the 360. I, oh, I had that okay. on console. Wow. All right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I stopped playing that one a long time ago. Oh, so someone says the PS5 can use normal NVMe drive. So it is possible to expand. It is expandable. Okay, but that's it's good. still expensive. It's still it, expensive, it's, yeah. Right. It's uh you know, a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks to buy a one terabyte NVMe drive. Yeah. And and while I know they can use standard NVMe drives. You're still talking, you know, five hundred dollars plus. I have to immediately go out and buy more storage. You're not going to yep, make a lot of people happy that no, way. No, they're not going to be, and they're just going to they're just going to bide their time because, like, well, I'll just hang on to it for a while. <laughs> yep. All right. I finally exactly. can go on to my second beer. Yeah, that, that beer took me a long time to drink. It did. I was actually yeah. kind of surprised. I, I was going to ask if you were getting dry mouth. 
I was actually getting a little bit dry mouth. All right, I'm gonna do the uh, Chardonnay saison, the Ceste de Saison. I'm enjoying this more and more. I, <laughs> and I feel like my cheeks are a little rosy right now. That's 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 what a good beer does. Like as it goes down, you enjoy it more and more. That doesn't happen with John and the Pickle beers, but you know. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't exactly slam those down. No. no we had we had one uh, the other day. I went over there, and he wanted to get rid of one of the pickled beers. I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. I, I don't mind that pickled flavor, but that was hard to choke down. It was really hard <laughs> to choke down. Yeah. Yeah, John's a braver man than I because yeah. I hate pickles. You, you, oh, you don't like pickled hate? anything? No. No, really? No. Mm, no. That's good stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. That shard, that shard, that Chardonnay actually kind of comes through. Sorry, someone was just having a little bit of fun right outside my house. I don't know if anyone heard that. I did hear sound. that. It sounded like someone was like peeling out or something or revving their engine um, or something. So that wasn't on my block. That was the street up, which is the main drag. Yeah. And uh, that was a good car. <laughs> <laughs> the muscle car. My neighborhood's a little bit weird because we have like broken down Astro vans and also Ferrari F430s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have equal chance of seeing either one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that wasn't that wasn't exotic, but that was a, a good sound. That was a good. That was a good, good revved up. That was yeah. a that was a euro sound. It's a euro sound. It was a euro. It's a sports car, not muscle car. Right. Yeah. No, that was no charger. There's a lot of people who are with me saying that they love pickle things. You're you're in the minority. I'm sorry to say. I don't care. I like cucumbers. Uh, okay. Yeah. I do like cucumbers. And there's a few pickled beers that I had that tasted more like cucumbers than anything. Right. And if they taste more like cucumber, I'm fine. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. It's just once they cross that briny line into into pickly. Yeah. This, nope. Yeah. This one that I nope. had was on the very briny pickly yeah. side. Nope. 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 It nope, nope, literally tasted nope. like. I mean, I like pickles, but I don't want to down a pint of pickle juice. Yeah. A small samples, okay. I, I can deal with that. Uh, like I can taste it, I can, I can appreciate it, but I don't want it down a pint of it. Yeah. Or or even maybe eight ounces. That that eight ounces was like that was pushing it. Yeah. It was really pushing it. Yeah. No. It. Um. I will. I order every burger I ever get without pickles, yeah. and if it comes yeah. with pickles, I pick them off because I oh. cannot stand. No, them. no. I, I think I think those pickles. I can't beers... stand a burger once it's had pickles on it, and I already <laughs> removed them. No, pickles make this. They make the the burger. That's they how make much I hate pickles. Oh, 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 I know, I know you. I know, I know the type of burgers you like because you like the Hawaiian burgers, and and oh yeah, we had them, and they're good. I like them yeah. too. I like the sweet and savory too. But I, also I, like I like sweet pickle. and savory. I I I I really like onions on my burgers. I like yeah. I like farmhouse style. You know, barbecue sauce and egg. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. Egg, egg, yeah. Egg, egg. That's good stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, pickles. You draw, no. Draw the line on that. I draw the line of right. pickles. Hey, you know what? Out of out of all the people I know who are like super picky about eating, just not liking pickles, it's not that bad. 
it's I mean, not, that's not that bad. bad. It's not right. that bad. Right. That's not that bad. I will eat most other things. Pickles yeah. is just one of the pickles and mushrooms. Can't do it. Okay. Yeah. No, my wife. Mushrooms, like mushrooms is even either. worse. Yeah, she doesn't like if mushrooms. Mushrooms are on the plate. I ain't touching a single god thing on that. Oh, plate. I'll eat. I'll eat anything. I'll try nothing. It. I'll, I'll eat anything. It's fine. Right. I was out to lunch with some business colleagues one time, mm-hmm. and I ordered a burger, and it was a Swiss burger, yeah. and specifically ordered no mushrooms. It came to me. I looked uh-huh. around the burger. There's no mushrooms on the burger. Yeah. I took a bite. Took a bite of like six mushrooms. Uh. I literally <laughs> almost vomited. Like I, I had a couple of heaves. Uh, yeah. Because that's that's my detest for mushrooms. Yeah. That's too bad. I love mushrooms. I think they're yeah, great. No. I, I had these. No. I had these one mushrooms. Because like uh, uh, the Oregon. I'll, coast, I'll eat a pickle before I'll, I'll eat a mushroom. Yeah. Cir- circling back to the Oregon coast. So the Oregon coast is home to some very unique uh, wild mushrooms that people mm-hmm. will go out and harvest and pick. All, all over Oregon. Um, in fact, if you go to yeah. Eastern Oregon, you'll often run into mushroom pickers. If you go out to a- ATV trails and things yeah. like that. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's <laughs> there's this one. Uh, uh, we were at uh, Lincoln City one time, and we went to um, this winery. It wasn't a winery. It was a, it was a wine bar basically. Mm-hmm. And the the guy who was uh, running the wine bar was also an avid um, mushroom picker, like a wild mushroom picker. Mm-hmm. And he was telling us about this mushroom that grows on the Oregon coast called a lobster mushroom. And it's that because it's kind of reddish in color, and it also tastes like lobster. It literally tastes like lobster. Interesting. It has it, it has a more chewy texture than lobster, but it did taste like lobster. It was really good. So I think there's some mushrooms out there. You shouldn't poo-poo all of them because, yes, I know some of them do taste like dirt. Some of them need to be you know, grilled in oil or some kind of like butter or whatever to make them taste good. But there's some out there that taste pretty good. Uh, I'm just going to continue poo-pooing them all. All right. Hey, you know what? Can't please everybody. Right. I'm not that difficult to please. You <laughs> give me a good beer with no pickles and no <laughs> mushrooms on whatever you put in front of me. I'm down. All right. All right. I'm Fair down. Enough. We can we can move on from our culinary exploits. Yes. Uh, so you posted this one, the yeah. the Steam article. Um, yeah. That Steam playtest is getting a little bit of a of a test. Well, okay. So before in the past, when developers would release a game on Steam and they wanted beta testers, they always had to like manage it themselves and send out keys. Right. Invite keys. Invite keys and stuff like yep. that. And you're just like, here's an invite key. And they have to keep a separate app ID. Uh, mm-hmm. And the key ID would only go for that app ID. So when the actual game released and everything like that. So it was kind of a kludge because every time they wanted to expand their beta, they had to go back to Steam and say, hey, I need another set of keys and everything like that. So they finally implemented something in there where they have the Steam playtest, where the Steam page literally has a request access button where if it's a beta and you're interested in it, you don't have to request a key or anything like that. You just click the button mm-hmm. and it automatically puts you into a queue where uh, the developer can expand or contrast the amount of beta testers that they want to put on it. And if you're in that queue and they expand it, you're in right away. Yep. And uh, that makes managing um, you know, beta testing and play testing through Steam a lot easier. Yes. And it's and it's not tied to 
any achievements on there and it's not tied to the original app or anything like that. So it's mm -hmm. mainly geared for just beta testing. Right. Because um, because I've seen a little bit behind the curtain of, of some of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it is messy and it gets messy really quick. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. And so this this is something that helps streamline it. I think this is something that developers are like really excited about, especially when it comes to game development, uh, when they want to put stuff out on Steam. Um, and it kind of also helps circumvent the whole, um, well, I wouldn't say circumvent it, because I'm still there's going to be early access type people. But like when you want to stress test something, or anything like that, it's going to be a lot easier to do that. Uh, anything that has net code or anything like that, right? You're like, hey, I just I want to throw a thousand people at it, mm -hmm. put it out there, and then people are just like, yeah, let me see if I can try it. Steam management. So yeah, no, that's a definitely a welcome feature for probably a lot of developers because yeah. um, you and I. We get review codes all the time because yes, we, we attended PAX uh, yes. once. I still get them. I still get them. Right. <laughs> I still get them. Yeah. Not that I'm complaining. I, I like. Oh, well, I'll, I'll I'll look at it someday. I guess. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I've never taken any of the review ones because I feel disingenuous if I'm not actually going to review it. But. Um, but yeah, uh, we get review codes all the time, and yep. it's always like, well, you'll get the beta, you'll get the beta release, but the actual release won't be given to you. You blah, 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 blah. right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's always just weird. Yeah. And this this is supposed to help streamline the whole that whole process, which is good. Right. And I think also for people who are into like just trying new games, just testing them out, and like giving feedback or whatever like that. And that's another thing too that this. Uh, will create a, a different page on mm. the Steam store. And it's also an area where you can't post reviews or anything like that. So you can't yeah. be like, oh, this sucks, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, right. because this is a beta test. We don't want you test. to do that. We, yeah. you want, we want your feedback to come directly to us, not the public, because that's going to discourage the public from buying the end product. That's the reason why we're beta testing. We want you to tell you what you think is bad about it so we can fix it before it comes out, not tell everybody what you think about it yeah so yeah that's a that's yep. a that's a good idea that's a good idea it's good it's good mm. it's good it's good how's that beer how's uh that okay yeah beer? i didn't get a chance to tell this is actually really good um the chardonnay notes this is almost like a wine beer mix we're talking about blends before this is like pretty close because i can taste the chardonnay that kind of dry grape flavor yeah and i still get that kind of spicy saison uh flavor in that those kind of esters the farmhouse esters but it's more almost like a wine forward flavor so mm -hmm. if you're a fan of like white wines this is this is this is definitely what it is not a sweet white wine this is almost kind of dry no, I kind of like that, actually. Yeah, and then you definitely like this. Right. I like my Not... red wine sweet and my white wine's dry. There, there. You can have a, here, you can have a sip. Yeah. Have a sip. Have a sip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, kind of like my whiskeys. I want them to be the style they are. Yeah. Uh, I want a bourbon to be a bourbon. I want a rye to be a rye. I want a scotch to be a scotch. And I want an Isla scotch to be an Isla scotch. And a Highland scotch to be a Highland scotch. Mm. You know, I don't like the intertwining. Of, like, I want definitions in my in my flavor profiles. Right. 
Um, but uh, there's actually a winery that's maybe a half mile away from me. They make mm. an amazing white wine. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's oh, which one is it actually? Uh, not gonna give the name. <laughs> oh okay. All right. Because he said it's a mile I'll, from. I'll here. tell you after. I'll oh tell you after. okay okay. Because I know there's I know there's a, I know a lot of wineries in Salem. I've probably been to it yeah. before. I think yeah. I think I know. I wouldn't be surprised. About. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to this one two or three times. Yeah. So. Okay. It's really good. But uh, yeah, uh, we got one more game news item one to more. get to. Yeah. And uh, this is a little bit of a blast from the past, but uh, sure definitely is. a welcome uh, thing to see. Right. Uh, for those who are fans of the Nintendo 64, there is a new clone console coming mm-hmm. out that promises 720p graphical output and 100% compatibility with all accessories. And it is called the Warrior 64. And I love that they went with the translucent plastic because ah, that's just perfect. (laughs) Um, So uh, this will be available here very, very soon. Um, And it takes your standard Nintendo 64 cartridges, takes Mm -hmm. your standard Nintendo 64 joyce, you know, game pads, memory cards, expansion slot, everything. Everything Uh, But pairs it with an HDMI output that's capable of uprendering to or upscaling to 720p. Yeah. And and not just upscaling, but yeah, upscaling. I don't think right. it does anything. I don't think it does anything special with the textures because that's one of right. the things. Right, it doesn't do anything you, with the textures, but it does sharpen the edges. It does sharpen the edges, yeah. yeah. So it's not like the emulators where it's just like, okay, okay. Right, where you can go hog wild, but yeah. But it has the standard, uh, you know, uh, composite uh, or component, excuse me, component output, mm-hmm. and then also uh, HDMI output on the back of it. Yeah, so you can go absolute classic, or you can go right. high def. Which, uh, that'd be kind of, I mean, people who love the retro gaming type of thing would probably like this. Right. And it's it's not a ROM thing. It'll work with your original cartridges. Right. It's not like a, the full mini reboot type of things. Um, it's an actual replica of the console that's designed to work with modern TVs. And if you're looking for a little bit more of a modern feel, I've got actually got one of the Brawler 64 controllers. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> oh, you still, yeah, wow, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I just bought this. Uh, oh, you this bought the, it? Yeah, this is the okay. USB one because you'd be amazed how hard it is to find a controller that's accurate to the Nintendo 64 for emulation. Right. Something that has an A, B button as well as the all the C buttons up here. Oh, yeah. It's that's very hard. six buttons on this side, not four. Yeah. yeah. They don't make those. No, and it's They very came hard. out with this yeah. and I went modern, modern gamepad design with analog triggers for the z button and l and r you can reach and and an upgraded joystick and actual c buttons and yeah so i bought a couple of these oh yeah yeah because I, I i have the and now i'm tangled in my headphones the retro pie <laughs> the the n64 on the retro pie it works great yeah but it only works great with some games because some games require just about every single button on the old controller right try playing most... you know ocarina of time and you, you can't Right, <laughs> you can't. I mean, like some of the some of the replica N sixty four controllers work fine with Mario Kart for the right. the N sixty four. Works fine. Yeah. Not the best, but it works fine. 
But yeah, Ocarina of Time, no, it ain't going to work. You're going to need a, a replica of the original controller. You, you need or, actual or, buttons for, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, throwing Deku nuts and, yeah. you know, bow and arrow and everything else. Yeah. Th those you can't do with a joystick. Nope, nope, you cannot. <laughs> so yeah, I saw those I saw those come on the market a couple of weeks ago and I went, I have to have one. Mm -hmm. So I bought two. <laughs> well, where there's a demand, someone's going to put something out in the market. That's right. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Right. Well, that was kind of it. Yeah. We still got like... 25 minutes? 25 minutes? Uh, come on, hiccups. Don't hit me now. Oh, well, that's a... <laughs> that's that stout kicking in. That stout is kicking in. Yep. All right. Um, is there anything anyone wants to talk about? Because we are out of news at this point. Yeah. As much as we tried to stretch it out. And... Did. Get into the weeds. There uh, was some. There was some beer news that we kind of skipped over, but there was. Uh, it wasn't. Eh. Like, it was. Eh. Uh. Well, we we can talk about the Brew Dogs one. I don't mind tossing that, that one. That one was kind of interesting. Yes, that one was interesting. So it was uh, <laughs> uh, kind of a Willy Wonka moment for Brew Dogs. Yes. They are uh, releasing uh, within their Punk IPA 12 pack a. Uh, I don't think they said how many, but a... A 24-carat can. A 24-carat can, a gold can, which if you find it, you can go on a tour of their brewery. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I, I, I believe it's like all expenses paid. You get a ticket and everything like that because I think if you actually drove there, they will let you have a tour of their brewery, like just about any brewery. So i think the whole golden ticket thing is obviously the trip involved like no matter where you pick this up we will pay your way to get there um because if you paid yourself yeah of course they're gonna let you come in right yeah of course like yeah I, there hasn't been a brewery uh in existence where i went there it's like oh yeah come in and check it out we'll give you right. some samples like it's every place yeah how many, how many you, how even many, ones that aren't open to the public i've just shown up and yeah hey how many can brewery, i have a sample how many brewery, yeah, how many brewery tours have you been on i, I i'm losing count there's a lot of them what was your what was your best the best oh um elysian was pretty good was i did it? one in elysian okay um up there in seattle by the waterfront um i've done i've done one at rogue mm -hmm. i've done one. yeah um I'm trying to think of what else I've done. I've done all the ones here in Salem. Yeah. Um you know, especially I, the ones you walk into and there's the brewery. Yes, right. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Um yeah, 1859 uh, saw when they were still open. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the most interesting one I was on was the Deschutes one. Cuz they're Yeah, I've they're, been I've been to Deschutes. The yeah. Deschutes one was very interesting because they not only did they show their their system and get up but they explained why it's custom made and how they mm -hmm. brought it there. That was pretty interesting. But the best one I went on was actually Widmere because um, not only did they have it every single uh, area of the brew process, they're like, they talked about the grains and they talked about the hops and they talked about the milling and they talked about the mash and everything. And then every single stage, they would take a break, everybody would get a sample of beer, mm -hmm. and they would have a little food pairing with it. I'm like, this is awesome. I always appreciate the food pairing. Yeah, I've only had like, that oh, happen yeah, in a couple here's, different here's places. The, you know, here's here's our here's our stout. Here's like <laughs> Here, you know, here's a little, a little dirt or something. Right, here's a little beef jerky or a yeah, cracker or with a like sauce little, on it. That's it like wasn't, amazing it wasn't, with yeah, this. Yeah, it wasn't a yeah. big thing, but it's like these two go good together. Like take a right. sip of that and try that and see. What's and right. I thought that was amazing. 
and that was like that was like probably the best brewery tour I've ever been on because they actually were like explaining the process in depth and um, giving you examples of like the end product and like these two things go yeah. good together, you know. Yeah. And then at the very end of it, they're like, "Grab a pint of whatever you want." Yeah. Like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I want to do some more distillery tours because those to me are. I, I know they're they're similar, but for right. me, distilleries are just more interesting. It's more interesting to me. I, I've been to some several small distillery tours, but I've, I've never been to been, several small ones. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been to Cannon been, Beach. I've never I've been, been to, to I've never been to a big one. Yeah, I've never been to a big distillery tour. That would be kind of interesting. Oh no, wait, I, I guess, take that back. I take that back. I I went to uh, Bacardi in okay. Coast, in, in uh, um, Puerto Rico. I I guess the Jameson one in in Ireland is like off the chain. Is it really? Like it's amazing. Yeah. The the Puerto Rico one the for the Bacardi one was interesting, but it was kind of disappointing because at the end the the they gave you little tiny samples right. uh, of all the things. But then they're like, Oh, please buy our bottles. And I'm like, dude, everybody buys your bottles. Bacardi's everywhere. Right. Come on. It's Come on. This is I'm Bacardi. not getting something here that give I can't me, get everywhere. Yeah, else. give me something that's super special or everything like right. it's like, ah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was like in Puerto Rico, and we did the Bacardi Bacardi tour. Nice. Rum distilleries are the worst. Oh my god, the smell! Yeah, it it didn't smell great. I thought it was just Puerto Rico, but maybe it was the rum distillery. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so another Steve chimes in and says, "Tectonics Tuning VW Shop in Sheridan, Oregon, is exactly like that. They will give you a full tour if they are not busy, whether you want it or not." <laughs> oh yeah, in Sheridan, huh? Yeah. We actually were shopping for houses in Sheridan uh, oh. this last year. That's one of the places we were looking. The Jack Daniels tour in Tennessee, that would be pretty interesting. Now, I heard that the Jack Daniels tour is actually pretty cool. Um, but because, and this is a weird fact, the county that Jack Daniels is in is a dry county. So they mm -hmm. can't give you any samples. Right. But at the end, they'll give you like um, Jack Daniels candies or Jack Daniels mm -hmm. themed this, Jack Daniels themed that. No alcohol on it, but it tastes like Jack Daniels. Right. Now, I don't know. A novella hub can probably quote me on that. I don't know. But that's what I heard. I've never been on it, but I've talked to people who had been on that, and that's what they said. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's your take on Braggots? Stopped by the Viking Braggot Company in Eugene back in February, and it was great. I love meads and, and all kinds of stuff yeah. like that. Braggots are pretty good. They're a very specific type of mead. Um, but I've enjoyed quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. um, I have not been down to Braggot uh uh the bracket co in eugene um i've nothing to brag i've had some yeah. of the meads before but um portland was supposed to be getting a meadery i don't know where we were at with that because we yeah, talked about either. it like a year ago but then all this hit yeah. so i don't know Who if they're knows? actually yeah. open or not <laughs> haven't been up there for ages um but no i i do enjoy a good bracket yeah. uh love meads uh let's see you ever go to the McMinimins Kennedy School? Um, I have times. not my I have not personally been there. I know a oh. large number of people who have been. I have not I've been, been to the there. Kennedy School. I've been there several times. I've actually spent yeah. the night there. Yeah. I actually was just at Edgefield. Well, not Kennedy yeah, School, but Edgefield. The, yeah, the, the, the Kennedy Trout School Dale. is one of the ones I have not been to. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's nice. It's like, yeah. well, it's an old school that right. they converted into. I mean, I like I like because they have like, um, they have the detention room. 
uh-huh. which is like the cigar bar. So it's like all the, they have like the scotches and the whiskey. Smoking in the boys' like, room. Yeah, That's exactly, what it should have been. Exactly, it should have been a converted exactly bathroom. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Yep. Uh, someone earlier up asked if a specific B550M motherboard from ASRock was going to be supported for the Zen 3. Yes, all 500 series boards are going to be basically plug and play with Zen 3. If you have a 400 series board that's a B450 or a, or an X470, those will need a BIOS update and that BIOS update will be coming sometime in January. Um, so if you have a 500 series board, you're pretty much good to go. Uh, if you have a 400 series board, you got to wait just a little bit. Not too bad. I went to grade school there. How old the is Kennedy this guy? School. Yeah, he went to he that, went to grade school and oh my gosh, because that that's been a McMenamin's for like thirty five years. It's been it's been yeah, it's been closed down for a while. Yeah. Wow, guys older than me probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your plans on bi- on videos about smart homes? Still looking forward to it. Greetings from Germany. Hello. Uh, oh yeah, Peter. I know you, Peter. You're always here for the live shows. Thank you. Thank you for watching from Germany. I didn't realize you were yeah. in Germany watching all my live shows. That's awesome. Um, but uh, my goal for a smart home is an unplugged smart home. And that is yeah. one that's not reliant on Alexa or Amazon or Apple or whoever right. the hell else. I don't want cloud services to turn on my lights. I want my local server to turn on my lights. And that's increasingly hard to find. Um I've been looking at a number of different uh, options for that. I've considered going Z-Wave. I've considered uh, quite a few different things. Um, in reality, I was planning on doing it like the week I moved in, like like heavily investing. And then the more I started looking at it and started diving into it, uh, the only local controllers for that were OpenHab and there's another one. I tried them both and they're both fairly intensive learning curves. And at the time, I couldn't put the time into learning how to actually do it because unlike most like smartphone apps where you go, oh, I want to control my lights and you turn your and you sync your light to your phone. And uh, like here, I, I have a smartphone app that I can control my lights here with. So here we'll go white and we'll turn the color back down. Um, yeah. Or I can I can dim them. You want to keep do, it. Yeah, you want to keep it as local as possible. Right. I want to keep yeah. it as local as possible. If I lose internet, that app doesn't work, which means my app is not controlling the lights. It's coming from somewhere else, and I don't like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Home Assistant. Open Hab and Home Assistant. Those are the two that I looked at. Mm-hmm. Basically, on both of them, you have to get into the nitty-gritty of programming each individual device within your home. They don't get added intelligently. Um, and, uh, there's actually a fair amount of, of backend work that has to go into making even a simple light switch work or a color change bulb work. Um, and you have to design the UI interface for every single room and every control panel that you want to have. And when I was looking at it in, you know, November and December and moving into our house, I was still working full time and I went, there's no way in heck I have time to learn that. But now that I'm full time, I, I may, you know, give it another whirl, see what else is out there, but I want it to be 100% unplugged. I want it to be a 100% self-hosted, non-cloud reliant smart home. That's my goal. 
So yeah. I don't know if I'll achieve that. I haven't so far. I have Wi-Fi bulbs all over the place that I control, but I don't actually control them. Some server in Indonesia controls them, which <laughs> upsets me. Yeah, that's not ideal. Right. <laughs> All right, there was a there was a question that I thought I could answer, uh, and in fact, is addressed to me. Steve, will Saison yeast work for mead? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will work because the yeast will ferment the sugars that are in the honey. Yes. But Saison is typically considered a farmhouse yeast, which means yeast that are gathered from the area, the farm that it comes yep. from, the region that it's it's gathered from. And typically, if it's not uh, cultivated to be high yield, it will probably top out at about six and a half, seven percent. Yeah, yeah, six or seven percent. You're not going to get a very high gravity mead. Um, and typically, with meads, you're aiming eight to ten. Yeah, when you're, you're, you're going to one of those. Yeah, you're going to want if you want to make a mead. I would recommend getting an actual mead yeast because those are yeah. going to be more um, robust. They're going to like survive in a higher abv environment um and a lot of the uh, size on yeast that they sell at brew stores only go up to about i think eight percent i think is like some of the highest ones i've seen even then that'd be yeah 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 you, you could use it I, i've actually used size on yeast with like uh a cider and mm -hmm. i've gotten like a seven percent cider and it tasted uh, interesting. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't great. It was very farmhouse very, cider. Yeah. Well, no. I've, I've actually had. Okay. So I've I had an actual traditional farmhouse cider, where we picked the apples, and uh, grinded them, crushed them, made juice out of them, and then mm -hmm. just let it sit and ferment on its own. Didn't add any additional yeast. Didn't do anything to it. Actually, it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. So that was a real traditional farmhouse cider. Uh, if you want a particular flavor, then you can use a particular yeast and size on yeast are, are French typically. So it's sort of like a French countryside type thing. And, uh, it will embody those type of flavors at that point, but I wouldn't use it for a mead though. Uh, what would I, what I recommend for a mead yeast? I, I guess a mead yeast, I guess. <laughs> I don't have a specific one in mind because I've never actually made mead before. I've looked into yeah. it. No, mead is one of the ones that's on my list because yeah. that that is more my style. Like I I love beer, and I've yeah. I've talked about this multiple times. I love beer. Um, I love all kinds of beer except farmhouse. Screw farmhouse. No farmhouse. Um, farmhouse is okay because the the reason why farmhouse it's mixed. When they say farmhouse, it's from the region it's made from. It is. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. It's really what it is. And that's when you see anything that says farmhouse on there, you're not going to get a consistent flavor. You're right. just not. Unless yeah. you buy it from the same place over and over again because it's the yeast from that flavor. from that. Right. But, uh, but in general, I don't like farmhouses, but I love pretty much every other beer that's mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. um, except pickle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I am at my heart more of a you know, spirits and cocktails kind of person. I, right. I, I love craft cocktails more than I loved craft. Well, beers. yeah, there's a lot more control in that right. aspect. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it's, it's all the reason I decided to go beer for the channel 
was I can drink a lot more beer on a channel than I can cocktails. True. You can only yeah. make so many cocktails and then you're kind of out of options. Unless you get a 12% um, bomber. Right. Then like, Unless then you get a 12% bomber. Yeah, yeah, then you only drink one. But, but I can have three variants of the, the herd of turtles in, across three shows. Can I really explain an old fashioned seven different ways? Whereas I can have 40 different stouts. Yeah, you know? of course. And so yeah, I, I just went, if I'm going to make multiple hundreds of videos, yeah. it probably should be about beer instead yeah. of about cocktails. And you, and you still appreciate beer too, so it's fine. Right? I love that's beer. Really fine. Yeah, of course. But I love cocktails. Right. So it, that, that's asking, the variant. Would turbo yeast work for mead? Yes, of course. Turbo, yes. meast, turbo, turbo yeast would work for mead. There's a proprietary yeast out there called Pac-Man yeast, which is supposed to like uh, be able to withstand up to like I think 20% to to be able to go up to 20%. So there's there's some yeast strains out there that are very, very high yield ones. Mm -hmm. And um, Saison is just not that uh, typically, but yeah, the um, turbo yeast is, Pac-Man yeast is, um, it's just, it's just what the yeast will, when you think, when you think of it, yeast eats sugar and poops out alcohol. That's what it does. At its basic form. Right. So think of it as yourself. If I was to live in an environment where I ate something and I had to live in the poop that I mm -hmm. made, how long would you live? Not not very long. Right. Unless you were like Rambo, right? It's like, ah, I, I thrive on poop, you know? <laughs> so you want, He gets poop sucked to his yeah, butt all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so you want you want the strongest yeast. That's a weekly so, occurrence. So when He's you got think, poop on his hey, butt. When, when you think about it, when you, you think grab about a it, dangler out you, of that. you're having these, you're having yeah. the yeast that is in a beer that's the strongest ABV possible. You're drinking Rambo yeast is what you're drinking right there. Because he's able to live in an environment where he can just live in his own filth. Yep. For as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. Champagne yeast is one of those. Yeah, you can yeah. get, you know, 14, 18% off champagne yeast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th there's some other hearty yeasts out there. That'll, yeah. Cham champagne yeast. A lot high of people, double digits. A lot of people, when they want to go high ABV, they'll just use straight up champagne yeast. Cause, right. Yeah. Yeah. But enough about my cat's rear end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But can you cheat and get Chinese yeast ball? Uh, I don't know what that is. All right. This Moscow really mules, good. yeah. Actually, I just got some uh, new mule mugs. Oh, nice. Those. Yeah. Oh, I like those. Yeah, I like the handles on those. They yeah. kind of look like axe handles or like yeah. axe heads or whatever. Are they real copper? They're real copper. Not copper line, solid copper. Copper lined. They are one hundred percent copper. Nice. Yep. I got uh, four of them. So. Yeah. More about Rambo. Alcohol is the poop, and CO two is farts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something like that. More about Rambo, but yeah. <laughs> Greetings from Germany. Hello. Hey. From Oregon. Germany's just tuning in when we're almost done here. Yep. Oh, any other questions? We had a couple minutes left. Yeah, we got a couple minutes left. 
couple minutes and to chill. I, Otherwise, we're going to yeah. start talking about whatever. I, uh, yeah. Oh, somebody else got those mugs, too. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I got them from Pier 1 because Pier 1 was going out of business. and so. Uh, oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. So my wife went to the clearance sale and I think snagged those for like $4 for a pair. That's pretty good. Like those are like $30 mugs. mugs. Yeah, that's great. She goes, do you want one or two? I went, two. (laughs) (laughs) And what's really funny is she hates the amount of glassware that I have because I have all kinds of glassware. Um, She doesn't let me go to Ikea by myself because I will come home with like six new types of glassware. Right. Um, It's a sickness. Yeah. And I need them. (laughs) Golf saying you know that they're real when they start to patina. Like you get yeah. the little, the kind of grayish green yeah. type of stuff that sort of turned green a little bit. Looks like Jeff Beer, Jeff Beer is going to make it to the after party. Almost, I may probably, this. probably. Yeah, he's going to make it. Probably. Thoughts on the FX CPUs? I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right. Look, here's the problem with the FX CPUs. You talk about those. I'm going to be right back. Yeah. The FX CPUs were dead on arrival in 2011, especially when Sandy Bridge hit in full force. Um, And the bulldozer and steam pile and or pile driver architecture never materialized into actual performance. In In fact, it actually lagged behind what they were promising for performance, which was multi-core, multi-threaded, simultaneous workflow. It didn't end up working that way because they shared a floating point core. And so a four-core, eight-threaded CPU was actually closer to a, what they, or sorry, what they called an eight-core CPU was actually closer to a four-core, eight-threaded CPU and performed worse than Intel's equivalent four-core, eight-threaded CPUs at the time, which were like the i7-2600 and things like that. Um... The FX CPUs have not aged well at all. Uh, they are abysmally behind in single-threaded performance. Now, I say that, but it all really matters what you expect out of it. Uh, for gaming, you'll still power a, a GTX 1050, maybe a GTX 1060, just fine. If you're at 1440p, you can actually probably up to a GTX 1070, RTX 2060. You're going to be Okay. Is it the greatest performance ever? No, there's no way it's the greatest performance ever. It's not going to hold up to any modern CPU. But at the same time, can you game at 60, 75 FPS? Absolutely. Um, So would I go and pair a 3070 with it? No, there's no way I would pair a 3070 with an FX CPU. Upgrade your board first, you'll see a way better improvement in performance. But if all you're looking for is 1080, 60, you got to you got to fight and chance still with an FX CPU. There you go. Oh, back. <laughs> yep. Uh the FX6100 is okay, but the i5 2400 is better. Yeah, the i5 2400 does score better. 2500 is better. If you have a, a generation board from then, you know, a, a P65, a Z68, uh find yourself an i7-2700K on eBay for 30 bucks and get yourselves four cores and eight threads and overclockable and get a little bit more life out of it. Um, 
Phantom 2 Black superior to FX? I'm hesitant to say yes. I think they were on fairly equal footing, but yeah. I think you could flip a coin today. I think at the time, Phantom may have had a, a slight advantage, but yeah. I'm overclocking a Q6600 to 3 gigahertz on a G41 MSI MOBO. That's impressive. <laughs> um, that's definitely impressive. Uh, see if you can find yourself like a Q9600. At least get yourself slightly more modern. Um, in fact, what are what are those going for today? That's what I want to know. That'd be interesting. While you're looking that up, I have a, uh, there's an actual Star Trek question. Ooh. Are you enjoying season three of Discovery? I don't know if you've watched season three yet at all. I have not. I have watched the first couple of episodes, and I have to say I am enjoying season three more than season two uh, because they kind of took the whole thing in a completely different direction. Yeah. I have to say it it still doesn't feel like Star Trek. It just doesn't. But as a straight I've heard that sci- a lot. as a straight sci-fi show, it's right. interesting and I like it. It's kind of um an offshoot of Star Trek. And if you kind of I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't watched season 3. Um they take it outside of the norms of Starfleet. Right. Uh, and there's a reason behind that. So I find it interesting in that aspect, and I'm only in three episodes, and I find it interesting for those aspects, but well, I'll see why. Well, I'll, I have to watch more of it. Uh, here's a great question from uh, from Rom, our buddy down in Australia. Oh, yeah. Tacos or waffles? Tacos. All the way, tacos. See, I'm, I'm heavily split on this one. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why. Because we live in Taco Nirvana. Like, oh, yes, you want we tacos? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, we got tacos. Oh, we got tacos all up the wazoo, yeah. Right. Um, but you give me a good chicken and waffles? It, it, they're hard mm. to come by around here, though. Good chicken and waffles. Good is... chicken and waffles is hard to come by. So I, And so I struggle yeah. with that question because we have some of the best tacos you'll ever find on oh, the yes. West Coast. Oh, yes. All day long. All day long. Um, but... But I don't know that it, in my mind, like the best taco I could find here would stack up against the best chicken and waffles I've ever had. I think it would because chicken and waffles is a very niche thing. I know several people who are like, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, I do like chicken and waffles. You know what? Tacos. I'm going to go tacos. Like like pretty much everybody like, I love tacos. Everybody loves tacos. I mean, it's going to hard press to find somebody who doesn't like tacos. I could probably like do a one out of 10 survey and find at least three or four people who do not like chicken and waffles. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, uh, so this was two years ago in Vegas, almost three years. Good Lord. We're in November. Almost three (laughs) years ago in Vegas. Um, uh, we introduced a couple of people to chicken and waffles. Yeah. Now we introduced those same people to to tacos, and they're like, "Hell yeah, I'm on board for tacos." You introduce a couple of Brits to chicken and waffles, and they're going, uh, what the f- "You put what <laughs> on what on what?" Like a oh, you get a sweet and spicy syrup on top of it. Yeah, oh, the best. Yeah, I have I have this um, blueberry. There's, there's a there's a restaurant in the Venetian that makes my favorite chicken and waffles of ever. Oh really? Had. Yeah. And and it's like. KFC, like like the best like 
like fried chicken you've ever had yeah. in your life like like kfc on steroids kind of thing on top of a um, nice crispy golden waffle mixed with a crispy golden belgian waffle yeah that is that is like this thick yeah and that really really super thick crisp on it but mm. also super pillowy inside like oh my god it was fun it was amazing that is good yeah yeah but that being said i i think your last argument slanted me i'm gonna go tacos because yeah. there's so many different variations of tacos oh yeah um and you give me like a quality chimichanga oh yeah like, oh, let, oh. let me let me tell you about my i'm experience. gonna melt in your hands <laughs> let me tell you about my best experience with a with a with a, a gordita mm. so uh uh that's sold i'm gonna go get a, a chimichanga tomorrow <laughs> so I, I i went to the our local uh cinco de mayo which we have a big hispanic community here west coast big surprise right um and so we were walking back from it, and there was like this old grandmothery uh, Hispanic lady, mm-hmm. just in her own little cart, making uh, fresh gorditas, deep frying them right there, and putting her Ooh. own fresh stuff right, right in there. So it's hot, crispy, fresh. Yep. The best thing I ever had. It was amazingly delicious. Yeah. And I've never seen her there again. Never seen her back. <laughs> <laughs> like where did she go? Oh, it was so good. Where did what the happened? gordita elf go? Yes, <laughs> where did she go? It was so good. Come back. And it wasn't. And it right. wasn't just the raw ingredients. It was also the hot sauce that they put on top. It was just like it yeah. was amazing. It was very good. Yeah, chimichanga better than taco. Absolutely agree. <clears throat> yep, but uh, it, it's one of those things. Like, what is a taco? What is a burrito? What is a chimichanga? It's all the same ingredients. It's just how you prepare it and how you yeah, finish how you prepare, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, there's actually a place near me that makes some amazingly good fish tacos. Yeah. Um, like the only taco I've ever had in my life where I'm going, you know, I kind of want a Corona right now. Like oh, yeah. I feel like I should have one. <laughs> so, hey, um, check out check out John's Hops and Brews where me and John and my brother and uh, my wife and a few people – we did the the best the best taco and Mexican beer pairing. That's video. true. We did That's that. True, I forgot about that. That was fun. I ate way too many tacos that day. Yeah. Um, when you cook the meat, then cook the tortillas and the grease. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, actually, you know, actually, a one hundred percent fresh corn tortilla. There's nothing beating that. No. There's not. <laughs> no. Yep. All right. Um, chicken and waffles is a thing. You can either Google it or meet somewhere, meet someone from not Oregon. <laughs> yeah, I am chicken kind of in the minority here of chicken liking and waffles, chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles is not just an Oregon thing. It's it's an, I don't know. It's it's a no. They were it, saying you have to meet someone not from Oregon to get chicken and waffles. Oh oh, I see. No, which several, I agree with. The, there's several places in Oregon that still make great chicken and waffles. They they do, but it's yeah, you I gotta, gotta go to it, Portland now. Okay, yeah, it's that's true, but it's it's not as prevalent. I which, would say which Portland is one of the best international food stops you can make. Oh yes, if you all want the, food from all, anywhere, all, all the food carts they have around here is just oh, God, so many. The, the the food carts right off a of second. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the, they they dismantled the tenth and Alder one. There's, that's not that's yeah. not there anymore. That's yeah. that was sad. That was like that was a monument to 
food carts. Yes. That was sad when they went away. But There were like 50 of them in there. And there yeah. was literally any continent and any country you want to eat from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. And like all kinds of fusions, too. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I don't think the one in Salem is open anymore. They had a food cart uh, mecca in Salem that, that closed down not long ago. Well, they still have the the yard down there. Yeah, the yard is still there. The yard is still um, there. But uh, there, no, there was one in uh, just off State Street. I think they oh. were doing for a while that they don't do anymore. Questionable comments. Oh, questionable commands. Uh, screen door has a solid chicken waffles. Yes, I had the chicken waffles at Ooh. Screen door. I also had their uh, pecan candied bacon as well, which is very good. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, it is uh, almost ten past the hour. I think that's uh, that's a good that's a good stopping point. I guess. I think that's where we're going to call it a show. I think so too. I think we can go take a short break and then uh, we'll see how jump long on we the after the... show yeah, if you we'll are see, we'll part of the Patreon or the float plan. Um, I don't think I. I dang it. I don't think I added the float plan link again. Yeah. But right. it will be there. Suddenly the hiccups are coming back. Let's see if I can get through <laughs> the outro. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 157 of Talking Heads, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. Make sure to subscribe and like this video if you haven't done so already. Uh, follow Steve into the bushes, I guess, because that's about the only place you'll follow. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Uh, make sure you stay tuned if you uh, enjoy home lab stuff, because oh man, do I have a fun one coming up tomorrow. Um, probably later in the day because I need to film an outro to it still because I was so ticked off I couldn't film an outro to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots more content coming very, very shortly. Um, I'd ask you if there's anything to plug, but other than hops and brews, I don't think you have anything socially no, that you need to maybe plug. Some, maybe someday I will. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Get on it. I'll try it. Uh, Steve's game review channel, you know? I... I, I used to do game reviews. That's how I yep. got into. I used to do game reviews. That's how I got into E3 several years back. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. El Polo Diablo reviews. Hey. We do uh, game reviews with a side of tacos. <laughs> I'd watch. I'll, I'll review a game while I eat tacos. I'll be like, oh yeah, this El Pastor is delicious. It goes great <laughs> with Portal Two. <laughs> taco and video game pairing never been done <laughs> the, the empanada is a lie yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you all so much for watching this one and uh, as always we'll see you next Wednesday alright see you guys cheers everyone bye bye